ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome aboard. Okay, we got everything set up, and we're ready to roll. Uh, Today is a live program, Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. I'm honored to be back here with evangelist Mike and Gil Patton. And uh, Brother Mike, would you like to open us in prayer? Uh, I'm going to let Gail because I dropped a book. He dropped a book. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He's he's hunting for his book. Okay, yes, let me. Let me do it. Mike's hunting for his book. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for for Shannon's patience. It was my fault that it took so long, and Shannon was so patient. And it's so good to be here. And I I apologize to your listening audience that uh, took us so long. It was my fault. I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here, and we ask you to lead us, guide us, tell us what to say. Holy Spirit, we want to be led and taught. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Nobody's fault at all. Nobody died. We're just setting things up. That's okay. Uh, Anybody has to uh, do a a pre-flight checkup before before you go airborne? No different with a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Praise God. If I've been in an airplane, I've been in a lot of them, the little plane. I'd have climbed off this sucker and never come back. <laughs> I'm talking about You know what I mean? If I had a pilot like we are, we just sit here and think these these electronic things are just like I like them, dude. When I tell them what to do, they do it. What's that? That's um, not what happened. Oh, it's called narcolepsy. I, um, was, it, was, it, was it a movie or was it a real-life story? There was a uh, a pilot who had narcolepsy. Oh, and he said, "Look, if I doze off, you got to shake and wake me." <laughs> Lord have mercy. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Everybody, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here with Evangelist Mike and Gil Patton. And look, we got plenty of time tonight. The Lord knew all about it because this is um, uh, our last live show tonight, so we can go as long as we want. No worries. With that, I'm going to turn the microphone over to y'all. Welcome back. How y'all been since last time? Good, buddy. Uh, someday, you got to send me this material of how to get hooked up to call you because I got some stuff to talk about. He already did, yes, Mike. We, do. we just haven't figured out how to download the app. Well, no, I'll tell, tell you what. Um, speaking of that, I got my USA cell phone operational again. I had to switch oh. carriers because AT&T. Oh was going to charge me $3 a minute for a phone call and 50 cents per text. Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness. I mean, $3 a minute? That's three oh, that, times what a set phone uh, cost, cost you. Oh, ingredients. Yeah, they are. You know, they've always uh, been like that. It seems like for the last 30, yes. 40 years, AT&T has always sent me a big fat bill for like $200 a month. How can I escape that? I was thinking. So I, uh, I finally broke free, and I switched over to Mint Mobile. Fifteen dollars yeah. a month, unlimited calling. Wow! Mm. Yeah, someone wow. told me about it. I, I said, "This yep. mobile, man, it works." <laughs> and so, anyway, make a long story longer. I got my cell phone working, so um, I'll talk to you this week, and we can um, act, actually. I'll tell you what, we'll be able to talk on my seven hundred two number, so I'll call you. Uh, with that, welcome back, and uh, Sister Gail. The mic is you and Brother uh, Mike's. Over to you. 
Oh, okay. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Well, I I've actually been going back and studying things. Uh, you know, it's like football when a football team kind of gets off track. Oh, can anybody hear me? I got thrown away from you. When a football team gets off track, what and you know they don't they're not doing so good. What they usually do is go back to basics and make sure that you're doing that right. You're blocking, tackling, and things like that. Well, I when I first did it, I, I was getting a little prideful, thinking, "Well, I don't need this." And then when I when I dug into it, I need it more than anybody else. I think. But what it does is, if you you know, Christians, I think if they start off with a firm foundation, they would not become non-Christians. And I know what I just said was contrary to a lot of a uh, lot of people's doctrine, but it doesn't matter. I'm getting too old to care because I'm not going to lose people to hell uh, just because I'm uh, my boldness doesn't overcome their stubbornness. So, in other words, if they're going to go to hell, they're going to go to it with me telling them what I know to be the truth. And one thing I know to be the truth is there's a repentance that we had a baptism, John the Baptist, and you had, I mean, he would turn people away when they show up and hadn't changed their lives. Now, with mm, me a little while, because I do know that when you get, Jesus comes in, you start changing. There's a sanctification process, but there's an also a, must be some process before you get saved, where you come in like John the Baptist. They would come to him and get say, you know, you, you go away. You're not ready for this. You, they just want to be baptized for the wrong reason. So there's a there's a repentance, which is not only change your mind, but change the way you do things. And there'll be a battle. And then there there's also, a, you know, a baptism of giving your life to Christ. And I'm more and more convinced that we need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And then later, it's Jesus who is a baptized of the Holy Spirit. So I've been I've been studying some of these foundations and. You know, I've been using the Bible, but I will say I went back to a book I've had a long time ago, the Spiritfield Believer's Handbook, Derek Prince, a long time ago, and it it uh, it is quite quite illuminating to go back and go over those basic doctrines, you know, the different baptisms and things of that nature. So uh, with that, Gil. I'll, I'll, I'll wait till later. I get warmed up a little bit. Why don't you go on? <laughs> when you get warmed up. Okay. Well, you know, uh, Shannon, I was going to start out with a rabbit trail. I, I hope you're there listening because yes, you ma'am. need to participate in this. Okay. Are you there? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I wanted. I would want it. I was wanting to ask the chat to to um, participate too, but I was trying to tune into the chat. I tried to figure every way I can, and I can't because I'm 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 not um, technic technically. Uh, 
I'm I'm ignorant technologically, but I used to be able to talk to the chat and we would pray for the chat and cast out demons with the chat. Might but that's fun. Bit, that's yes, that's fun. But my laptop has been broken for the last few sessions we've had, so I haven't been able to You're I haven't been able to watch like, the chat. What? <laughs> you knocked you kicked it off. <laughs> yeah, I'm having to have my geek walk time I told her for years. You don't do that, yeah. Cell phone. Then she kicked it off. Don't worry. Um, well, it was off the. Uh, yeah, it was on a waste basket, and I turned it over. But anyway, um, uh, I, so that means uh, that you, Shannon, are going to need to watch what the people in the chat say. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Okay. Welcome. We want them everybody. to participate, but I can't read it. Okay. Fair enough. I'll help you. Okay, thank you. Okay, now here's what I. This was interesting. This happened this morning, and I thought, you know, this. Let's just start out with a rabbit trail. This is not what I was going to talk about as far as my teaching goes. But this is this morning. Mike mentioned a preacher that he really likes and agrees with, and with him, and he said he he quoted he quoted the preacher, and he said, "A Democrat can't be a Christian." And then I said. Well, what if they're just ignorant about what Democrats stand for? Like, you know, most uh, Christians know that Democrats stand for abortion and a lot of other things that, with which we do not agree. Well, that God calls an abomination and Jesus is really mad about it. But anyway, so my, then I said, well, Mike, can you go to hell for being stupid? And Mike said, what'd you say, Mike? Well, yeah, because the Bible says you're destroyed for lack of knowledge, you know, but... I believe it's a, a little more than that, you know. Uh, somebody says, uh, you know, you uh, you can you can't do adultery, but he run a whorehouse. So let me let me just say, and I can go to church because it doesn't say you can't own a whorehouse. It says you can't commit adultery. So, <laughs> you get my point. I don't know what I've been really getting going into some things lately. Yeah, let me read something real quick. Okay. In the same way, the Apostle Paul warns us that the Spirit expressly says in the latter time, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits, doctors of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and command to abstain from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Now, I know we're in those days because, you know, I've got a brother that's an attorney, and he was giving me his argument for being a Democrat. Now, he's, he's, they say in a courtroom he's something else. I don't know because he and I are kind of at odds and have been for many years. But he's outsmarted himself because he's been watching some a certain TV preacher who I think is – this one's real straight, but – he believes once saved, always saved, no matter what, from future sins, past sins, present sins. And that is all my brother needed to live the way uh, he wanted to, which is an uh, example. He told me that he, somebody asked him, said, Jim, you made a lot of money. What did you do with it? He said, well, I spent a wine, women, uh, let's see, wine, women's song, and I wasted the rest. Now, we're talking about a guy who claims to be a Christian, you know, and and I'm, I, I know he's been born again, but I'm telling you, this is the kind of thing that Paul ran into, you know, we have to get over into some of the epistles and 
read some of that and not try to not try to form it into our the way we want it to be. We need to read it the way it is. Uh, anyway, Gil, I, I I don't want to tangent, but I'm still. No, that's okay. No, that's okay. I wanted to ask Shannon in the chat. Can you go to hell for being stupid? But I think Mike's point on what he's just said is good. Just you, you in the chat, just go ahead. Jen said. From the chat room, she says, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds while I write them, came to my mind. She wrote Yeah. Good. That's good. That's good. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we'll come to him and make our home with him now. That's All right. through the Old Testament, which is supposed to be a mirror of the New Testament and back in two, as a friend of mine, country friend of mine said, back in two. Well, it revives the love of God revolves around obeying him because that's what the Bible says if you love me you'll obey me well again reading in the I think the law back there everybody thinks that's really real strict but the readings I've done the New Testament's a lot stricter because let's say you know we're not going necessarily by the Ten Commandments but we're having to do what the Holy Spirit leads us and tells us to do in our conscience and in other words we're directed by we got a higher directive it's tougher well you know this uh, Uh, brings up a really good a good point you're making let me let me backtrack for a moment uh what was it uh was it around 2008 that obama ran for president and became president i don't have my years right i think it was 2008 or so 2009 yeah that sounds right yeah and you know no one really knew who this guy was. He came out of, you know, Chicago. He had just been a um, a senator for a while. And he came out on a platform that he was uh, okay with murdering the children still in the womb. They called it partial birth abortion, you know, where they uh, mm-hmm. jab a pair of scissors into the child's brain and kill them right there. Partial birth abortion. Now, that's a big thing. All abortion should be outlawed, but this is really bad. And so I remember having a conversation with some Christians, and I said, hey, uh, you know what Obama stands for, don't you? He's made it very clear he's in support of murdering children. And I had some friends in the African-American community, and I'm probably going to offend some people. But let me prerequisite this by saying my grandson, I have one grandson, by my oldest daughter, he's African-American. And I don't know if I told you, Mike and Gil, but I discovered, among other weird things, that Elvis Presley is my cousin, but also (laughs) Martin Luther King is my cousin. Mm -hmm. And it even gets more bizarre. Rosa Parks, who sat on the back seat of that bus, is a distant cousin. That's like six generations away. So maybe I'm part African-American. I don't know. So I I don't who I don't know if there are any are there any black Americans out there who can claim that you have Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks as your cousins. No, that's right. Okay, so I think I'm qualified to say something here. Um, but I'm also kin to about 28 of the 45 presidents. I don't know how that happened, but it's there in my ancestry. Weird stuff going on in my family tree. Okay, I talked to some Christians, African Americans, and they knew the fact that this Democrat 
Obama, he was pro-slaughtering children with a pair of scissors. They stabbed the child in the brain, wriggled around, murdered the child, and they said, well, I understand that, but this is our moment. He's a man of color. I've got to vote for him. Now, what compromise that is. If you look at the whole Democrat Party, look at what they stand for. They stand for wickedness. So, uh, how can you be ignorant of some of these things? And then there's some people that just aren't. What do you say to someone who knows that their candidate is okay with partial birth abortions, yet they're going to overlook that and vote for him because they want to give a man of color an opportunity? Now, this is a controversial question. What do you think, Gil? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly, that's right to the point. Because um, they they that's where the main problem is because you know what Jen said is exactly is just right on because how can they have the law written on their hearts and believe that that's okay it, you know there's no way you can be a Christian and believe that you can compromise like that I was going uh, my, my teaching for tonight is fear of the Lord and basically there's verses I was going to read that say if you compromise you are not fearing God now let me yeah. temper this. The by lady saying, that started this whole thing, I'm just going to say it like it is. Her objective was to do away with the blacks. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. Well, that's true too. You're talking started Planned Parenthood. You go back and read that. That's not. I don't think anybody refutes that. I mean, that's just common knowledge. Margaret Singer. She won't. Yeah, Margaret Singer. Yeah, I can right. remember what I was talking about, but she wanted to do away with the black population. Yes, she, she did. Just, Simple, simple. Uh, her and Hitler. Is that? Uh, by the way, Margaret Singer, uh, on her board, or excuse me, one of her fans was Adolf Hitler. I used to write to her. There's copies of the letters they exchanged. But on the board of Planned Parenthood is uh, Bill Gates Sr. And her plan was to murder black children. Also, the yeah. Department of Energy. They did experiments on African Americans, injecting them with syphilis. So talk about a racist group, and the Democrat Party, you know, have always been historically racist. They were pro-slavery. Right. Yeah. Now, oh, the flip on side the of it is, thing, let, let me let me throw something in here. Yes, sir. As bad as it was stabbing the baby in the head, they brought this up to a level that's so inhumane. It's it's unbelievable because the baby is worth a lot more if it can be dissected up to the last second where it dies. In other words, these parts, it's, it's, they put the monitors on a person and, and, and showed how the baby feels the pain, separate their arms, their legs, their whole, pull them all apart till nothing's left but the head and then bring it out. And, and they're worth so much more if you can, if you can, Keep life into the parts. You see what I mean? Keep the keep the baby alive. Oh, they sell those organs. Yes, the organs. Yeah, they harvest the baby's organs. Sell them. The organs. You know, harvest every part of the baby. Could I interject just one thing real quick? And that's exactly the reason why there are laws now, especially in California starting, where you deliver the baby and you don't ha- you can kill them within a certain length, uh, period of time. It's on the books, and that's why. Because the baby is delivered al- alive, they can sell the parts. This is murder, whether you take the after-morning pill or you murder the baby out of the womb. Um, it's torture. Uh, it's torture. 
the torture part, you know, murdering the baby would be a, a an act of kindness in in this kind of thing. But tearing it tearing it apart with it, and see, they don't give it anything for pain because it's too small to take that; it could kill it. But right. they put these, you know, devices on it to show how much pain the baby feels. That's easy to do. They do a certain thing to it, and the pain goes out. You can see it on a graph, you know, electronic graph, and they do it, something major, and it really goes up, so the, the poor little thing is feeling the pain from the torture of all this. Now, Who me, would do that? Let me say Therefore, this. Therefore, I say no person can be a Democrat and a Christian, period. If abortion was the only thing, there are a lot of other things. Well, I agree but with that, you. That, if, um, <laughs> if, they tr- if you truly know what the Democrat Party stands for, you can't uh, say you love Jesus Christ, yet you're willing to compromise and sin. Now, just to put this in well, there, they, the to let people know that I'm not a partisan person here, although I, I do vote Republican, typically, because that's the best candidate I see. I voted for Trump twice. But you know what? Trump pulled some stunts during his first <laughs> term that I repudiated him for a while. I said, I'm, he's not getting any more support from me because he hired a homosexual man as part of his cabinet member membership. He, he was compromised all the time. And then he was ready to sit down at the table and divide up Israel. And I said, you know what? Israel's entitled to 100% of what God deeded him in the word. And if you want to get down to the table and try to give away land for peace, you've just lost all my respect. So there was a few months where I was sick of uh, what Trump was doing. Later, though, that temporary appointment left, and they didn't do the deal. I forgave him, and then I rallied for Trump, voted the second time, and lost several YouTube channels because... I weaponized a Mega Man radio to fight for him and for the country. I mean, I'm just one small person. When I say fight, I don't know if I had any effect at all, but I just I put my money where my mouth was and did what I could to help. But um, if any of those guys compromise, you know, I don't cut them any slack. I just heard that Mike Pompeo, director of the CIA, he was considering murdering Julian Assange. I have no respect for these people. I think he was a buzzard. And they've got Julian Assange over there languishing in a British prison now for five years. He's half dead. And in a few days, they're going to decide whether to extradite him back to America and put him in a maximum security prison. He'll die there like John Gotti. And his only crime is he exposed some of the war crimes that America was involved in. Now, you know what? Let the truth come out and the chips fall where they may. But we've got a diabolical intelligence agency uh, that has done a lot of hurt to people. And I don't trust any of these Democrats or Republicans anymore. I think they all want to send us to the war theater. Now, I didn't mean to jump off on a rabbit trail, but I'm just trying to tell you, I'm not being disingenuous here and just saying, you know, Democrats are all bad, Republicans good. No. You know, it's what do they stand for. And the, the bigger issue here is compromise in the church. Back to your original question, I don't think there's any excuse for ignorance because we all got the Word of God. Now, if people aren't reading the Word of God, there's no excuse because when you read it and it says this is sin and don't do it, um, what's going to be their excuse? How is anybody going to be able to stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry for being ignorant. I just never got around to reading your Word, though. I didn't know the Word. Back to you. What do you think? Mm-hmm. 
Right. I was going to, if you don't mind, I was going to, Mike, uh, wait, wait for me to just a second while I read this, this, um, a little more closely, Hosea 4 6 that Mike was quoting this morning. It says, My people are destroyed, and that word destroy means to be dumb or silent, hence to fail or perish, to destroy, cease, be cut off, cut down, be undone. Be brought to silence. That's what my people are destroyed. That's what it means. My people are destroyed. Now, I gave you the definition of destroyed just now. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And the, and the lack of knowledge, that lack, word lack there means failure, nothing, or destruction, unaware. We're talking about ignorance, you know, unaware. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected and that word rejected means to spurn, or abhor, cast away, cast off, condemn, despise, disdain, loathe, melt away, refuse, knowledge. That, oh, be, and okay, let me read that part again. Because thou, thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. If I'm going to kind of make things simple, if probably there would be some grace in my eyes for this kind of thing, if you know, and he that doesn't know any better, but I don't even believe that because see, the Bible talks about a person will see the light, even a heathen land, look at the stars, and have a conscience, and they know certain things are right and wrong because the Bible talks about seeing your conscience, but. The Democrat deal that I that I know is that they're, and I'm not saying all Republicans are good. That's not that's not the uh, purpose in what I'm talking about. Deal with that some other time. But right now, the 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 issues that the Democrats every time I've ever talked to a Democrat out in California somewhere that I don't I don't want to talk about the issues. I said, well, why? Why do you hate Trump so much? Well, it's what he trades like tweets. I said, well, just tell me one thing. But I don't want to talk about. It. <laughs> so it's an emotional deal. Like never answer the question. What what I'm saying, if you take the whole democratic agenda, because my brother and other people say, well, no, they don't believe in abortion. They hate abortion, this, that, and other. But uh, here's my my uh, thinking on that is, if you vote for somebody that's for abortion, you're for it. Yes, you can't you can't separate yourself from that. I'm using abortion. There are other issues, but I'm just happened to be stuck on this because I think the Lord's stuck on it. And I think America will be destroyed because of it. Well, I, look, I uh, that. they're pro-homosexuals. They want to take yeah. your guns. Yep. yep. They are flooding Pervert. the border with uh, foreign troops. Right now, we're not getting Mexicans to come through. And again, I'm not against Mexico. My son is Mexican-American. Again, my family is like Heinz 57, if you put us all together. So I hope people understand me here. If you go back far enough, they all are. See, Look, we all came from Adam, right? I can even claim American Indian. I'm part Mexican, part black, German, Welch, you name it. But the point I want to make here is uh, we're being invaded by homosexuals. They're murdering the children. We've got millions upon millions coming through the southern border. They want to displace 
uh, Christians and patriots and replace him with people from another country. And this is the De- Democratic Party. They they represent well, thank, everything thank that is vile. The borders are. <laughs> they're, 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 <laughs> thank God for the borders are, right? Oh, you mean the cartel that's running the border? U.S. Car- I mean the no, uh, drug cartel? The, the borders are who uh, Biden appointed the borders are. Camelot. Oh. Camelot. Uh, by the way, Sister Camel. Hope, I'm Camel. trying to help y'all. I'm really trying to help y'all. You shouldn't include me in these conversations because I'm going to break off on some rabbit trails and, no, and I'm going to try to let you preach. But well, you that, this whole thing is in. I think anything we're touching here is, you know, I mean, God's mad about this and we are. I promise oh, yeah. you. Because I honestly believe America is going to be destroyed because of the these uh, the stance on these issues because it's soon that's why they're letting all this scum come across the border now not all of them are scum but a big percentage because they want scum voters I, I, Republicans are sitting around wondering why why it's happening and I'm thinking they don't know why it's happening it's happening simply because they want to overwhelm the areas uh, that they that they can get the vote and they just want to stay in forever. That's all they care about. And then this country will be, you know, as communist as any other, more than communist. Communist, in fact, I went over to talk with the Chinese. I did consulting over there years ago and some people I got to know really fine, you know, I liked them. They could not understand the lack of morals in this country. Now, this is a communist country. And, you know, and, I, and I was uh, unable to explain it away. Do you know they were asking in, some serious questions? To get in right now, you're going to pay about ten thousand dollars to the cartel, and if you're a woman, yep, you also have to uh, get butt naked. They rape you. They throw your brawn panties up on the rape tree. You can see it from mm. the border with binoculars. They're raping women mm. up in there. My question is, Gil and Mike, why is why do we not have U.S. Army and Mexican Army on that border shutting down the cartel that are letting this thing happen. Not to mention all the illegal immigration. Look, I can't get my own wife in for a visitor visa without a year and a about a, a foot thick of paperwork that they want me to file. Yet people oh, come through the border. It's ever come over here. paid a terrible price. Gail had a person in her family it was many 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 years you know at Russia and stuff so I I'm I I feel really bad for the people that did it the right way I mean I also feel bad for myself and other people because these people are soaking up the money they're getting when I was in California I saw a bunch of forms that they could fill out they get an income they get a place to live they got uh, an eth- ethnic food, whatever, and they got a certain thousands of dollars a month. I mean, every one retirement and they, everything. Uh, well, they they're getting everything. Well, uh, this is how bad it is. A little town in uh, Onion, Alabama. Uh, the dentist asked me, "What's happening in California?" I had a guy come from California. He couldn't even get an appointment for two years to get his teeth cleaned, and he said that. Uh, because it, it was free to all these illegals. Free dental, free medical, free this, free that. Everything's free. Well, who wouldn't come over here? But now you've got these Chinese. I've heard it cost them 30000 to get across. It's nothing because the Chinese government's paying for it. And they come over here with and start practicing firearms and different ways to 
crippled yes. country when the war started. So this country, I believe, is going to go under, and it's these. It was the same kind of people that nearly kept England from, you know, nearly made England go under. Chamberlain, all their, what I call wussies. They're, they're just, uh, how we say it, they got a lot of money, a lot of them, and they feel guilty about it because most of them got it, inherited it, and are, are made it easy as a movie star by jerking their clothes off or something like that, or different ways. Or Bill Gates, who was running around with a, what's he got? Probably hung, uh, didn't. Jeffrey Epstein. Hang it. Said, hung, yeah. All those rich Democrats are running around with him, you know, Clinton and the rest of them. And I'm not saying some of the Republicans wasn't. I mean, that's a whole different issue that you could get into. And I, I, I know Trump's not a Christian, but I think that he, a lot of the people that he picked had to do with advice he was getting from other politicians jimmy carter was a good person i think but he went up there and nobody he did a terrible job because there's nobody else that was you know i mean you couldn't you got to have good people around you everybody that's ever made it in anything has had good people around them if you don't you won't make it especially in that politics deal if i can vote a third time i will vote for trump for a third time but i was thinking yesterday about all that's went down and all the people that he had on his side that were crooked or betrayed him. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be enough for him to even get back in office if he's able to do it. Again, he's compromised himself and he did some great things for the military and for Israel, but it may be too little too late. With that, we're just getting warmed up over here, folks. And um, it's a dangerous thing to ask me to comment because I might take you off on a rabbit trail. Sister Gill, every program we do, it seems like you never get a chance to teach because uh, I jump you off on the tangents. Let me throw the mic back to you. Okay, well, really, I'm glad because that's that's really what I want to do. Mike and I, uh, we tend to, we if we don't talk about practical things, then we we have failed because we need to bring Christianity down. You know, doctrine is important. The doctrine of Christ is extremely important, but it is practical. If you don't obey the Lord, then you're, you're sunk. Um, but the bottom line is uh, is is ign- just to sum up what we were talking about is ignorance and excuse. And you know, Jen, Jen went right to the heart of it, right to the crux, to the jugular. There is no excuse. Why? Because he has written written his law on our hearts, and we have no excuse. Now, we're supposed to be a new creature in Christ when we're born again. And have you noticed how a lot of people, when they get born again, it's just astounding how quickly they change? They quite change quickly because, one thing, they have the fear of God. They're going to quit. Their, uh, their, the sinning that they that they've been the the blood of Jesus has washed from them. They're going to quit it. Why? Because they have the they have not only the fear of God, but they have the law written on their heart. So there, in my opinion, I'm in agreement with Jen. There is no excuse. Did you have anybody else in the chat that said anything? Brother Raymond says, uh, "Let's see." A sodomy is like lynching. It is destructive. They admit it in Lot's day. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, this homosexual agenda, this transvestite, this transgender stuff. People ask me, are you coming back to America? 
I said, well, you ought to see the roadblocks that prevent me from doing it. But let's just say I could get my family back tomorrow. Do you think I would want to put my kids in a school system today that the Democrats have set up to destroy these kids and castrate the boys and the girls? I agree with Raymond. You know, and how can people vote for a party that's all about homosexuals? Have you seen that guy that's up in the cabinet? His name oh, is Rachel geez. something. Oh, transportation secretary. And right. Every one of them, in fact, the communications gal, the askers, one time after she got the job, she says, because I'm a black lesbian, you know. I mean, this is sick. I mean, they Transportation I, Department, for instance. What's that word they use? DEI or CI or something. You know what I mean? I mean and they were bragging about they, they wanted to get to hire blind people and hire do away with any qualifications for it. Now, we're talking people about people, and they were talking about air traffic controllers. They didn't care about the education, didn't care about their ability, they didn't have to do any. I couldn't believe that. That makes you want to, you know, scares you about even flying in a dang airplane. It's a perversion of everything that is uh, upright. Yeah. Sister Gill, uh, he was just commenting on sodomy. And uh, mm-hmm. not to mention the Democrat Party, he said, uh, yeah, they were pro-KKK, if I'm reading his comment right. Mm-hmm. That's who started the KKK. And people think that yeah. the Democrats are a party of the people? No, everything's upside down and tipsy-turvy. This whole country is right. in a state of confusion. Back to you. Right. Now, Martin Luther, Luther King had his problems, a lot of serious problems, but he was a Republican. And how many wow. people realize that? They I don't. That. They think he's a Democrat. Thank you, cousin. Yeah. Well, well George Wallace was a Democrat, but our our level of education that people don't know anything. I've seen some of these uh, talk shows where they have somebody out on the street ask them questions, and they know nothing. I'm talking about the young people who are are doing all this voting the ones that uh, what you call it's paying off their college debt and all that kind of thing you just buying votes that's nothing new they used to do it in the south all the time for southern governors but we, we <laughs> I I know that Trump's got a sauce I never really liked him in the beginning I hated that show he had on TV plus he was competing against me in California and I couldn't sell anything and his factories were selling everybody. It wasn't really Trump. It was him endorsing, or not endorsing. Somebody bought the use of his name was selling uh, units and apartments and places in California, and everybody lost their money. That wasn't Trump, but he had sold the rights to his name at that time. I wasn't smart enough to know what he was, you know, that he wasn't really directly involved. But I don't think we can look... And decide. I don't know that a person. I know of no Christian that could be a president of the United States and do what the Holy Spirit was leading them to do. So I think if we are to get back on track, the Lord's just going to have to, you know, direct some fairly good-hearted Gentile. You know, <laughs> and I think Trump. I don't think he's born again, but I think you know. I think he would. Uh, He's about the only thing that I think we could get in that could make it through that because the gauntlet is the Democrats have no compassion about destroying a family or anything else. I don't know anybody else that would have the ability to withstand all that, the juggernaut. I agree with you. I think um, he might soften the uh, collapse that's coming. 
But uh, right. I hope I'm wrong. Slow I, it up. Stop it. I think uh, we're on a trajectory for major crash on all levels. Uh, we're live with Mike and Gil Patton, if you're just tuning in. Sister Gil, I hope I haven't thwarted uh, your message tonight. No, You've got, no, no. Listen, I'd go five hours. you got all the time you want. What did the Lord put on your heart? Okay. Keep going. Okay. Well, good. I will. Um, I will. Uh, I want you to. I want you to talk because I think the rabbit trails are much better than my teaching. When you and Mike start getting into it, but um, if you want to read more about what Jen was talking about, Hebrews eight and Hebrews ten. Hebrews is great, but those chapters will explain to you the law on your heart, written on your heart. Okay. Now let's go back. I started talking about. Um, uh, the regrets that I have when I was starting to talk about the fear of the Lord and that is a big re- regret I waited way too long in my Christian life I've known the Lord a long time I got born again in 1967 I was born again in a different in, in uh, San Bernardino Mountains when the big uh, Christian Holy Spirit deal was happening in Newport Beach that the movie was done about and uh, we who were getting born again in the California mountains knew about what was going on in (laughs) Newport Beach in fact some of them went down there but but I didn't but anyway the point is I've been a Christian a long time I've been knowing the Lord a long time I've been studying the Bible a long time and I just got serious uh, not that long ago a few years ago about the fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord is probably the most important thing we can learn um, I, I'm convinced that if somebody said, well, what should I do first after they got, get born again? I'd, I'd say, well, you need to know about the fear of God, the fear of the Lord. It's a, it's a, it's, and, and so it's a, it is the, you will be greatly blessed if you can get a grip on the fear of the Lord. The Bible, all, there's so many script, much scripture about, you fear God, you'll be blessed. You fear God, this will happen. This will happen. This will happen. And it's all good things. They're all good things. But, but um, you know, when I was studying the once saved, always saved subject, um, which actually Mike and I have been studying that subject for years because it has been the down, downfall of many, many Christians. They will go sideways and the fear of the Lord means nothing to them when they learn once saved, all you saved, and when they get that stuck in their brain. So, um, <clears throat> uh, one of the, the scriptures that I think is the most important one is um, Luke, uh, it's in two places, Luke 12, 4 and 5, and Matthew ten twenty eight. And the interesting part about it, I've already said it, I'm just kind of recapping a, some, a few things that I said, um, that this this one is just absolutely impossible to explain away and say that this is not uh, um, you can't, you can't just get saved and be fine because you got born again now you're going to be all right no matter what uh, because Jesus was people will try to say oh well Jesus was talking to unbelievers when he said this no he wasn't he was talking to his disciples and they were alone um in it says luke uh, 12 4 and 5 verse 4 and i say unto you my friends be not afraid of them that kill the body and after that have no more that they can do but i forewarn you whom ye shall fear fear him 
which after he has killed the body hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Now he said that to the disciples, the people who followed him the most, the people who lost, gave up the most to follow him. They were they knew him better than anybody, and he's telling them that. And so if he can tell that say that to the disciples, you better believe he's saying it to me and you. Uh, and then again in Matthew um, 10, right before he sends out the 12, says that, the 12, he's talking to the 12, he's not talking to unbelievers, Matthew 10, 28, it's the same thing, it just reads a little differently, and fear not them which kill the body, but are able to kill the soul, but, and not, I'm sorry, to kill the body and are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And that fear means frightened, be alarmed, be afraid. Fear exceedingly. So, um, I, I just wanted to, to um, say that that's, that's one of the scary verses about the fear of the Lord. But it's different. It's not the fear of the Lord in that... Well, it's not really different. That really is the kind of fear. That is the kind of fear that Jesus wants us to have. To be afraid, to be very afraid, exceedingly afraid, because we need to stay right with God. And that's what he was telling the disciples. You, and, and so, so many people think, you know, you know what they think on the subject of, well, my sins are forgiven today and uh, forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. No, they're not. They're not forgiven for forever if you stay straight and stick with god they are forgiven you know what first john 1 9 says first john 1 9 if if you you know god is so faithful to us he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins when we confess but we have to confess it says if if you confess so um anyway uh anytime you guys want to jump in you're perfectly Perfectly welcome, because I do like the rabbit trails. Well, let me do but, a cannonball um, back in go the ahead. deep end again. Go ahead. Um, Brother Mike, Sister Gail, I agree with you. This once saved, always saved doctrine is from hell. And you mentioned uh, your brother, Brother Mike, who latched onto that. Uh, when you mentioned this, I, I remembered Alice Cooper. You remember Alice Cooper, the rock musician? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Apparently his grandfather was in the ministry. I don't know what denomination. I've had to hard finding getting details but he's been interviewed several times on his faith and he claims to be a Christian and I don't deny that he believes he's sincere but you know what he believes in once saved always saved because he's uh, been asked about you know certain topics and you know he just falls back to you know well thank God for you know I'm saved and you know I can't fall away well he actually was a mentor to a guy named Blackie Lawless of Wasp, and that guy, you know, was you know he was you know he was uh, he was pretty uh, vile. They used to put explicit warnings on his uh, albums. And I look at this guy Blackie Lawless. He's out there making music still. So is Alice Cooper, and I believe God uh, did save Blackie. I believe there's a transformation that's taking place in both these guys, but sadly. He went to Alice Cooper as a mentor, and Alice Cooper infected him with once saved, always saved. Because I heard some of that same conversation come out with him. And, uh, you know, where this matters is, you know, they sing some songs that aren't giving any glory to God. Some of them are pretty nasty. 
especially Wasp. And I, I, I think maybe he's still living with somebody. I don't know if he married his wife or not. Black and lawless, you know, fornicators are not inherit the kingdom of God. But this is this is bad because I know Christians. Forget those two celebrities. I know people in my own family right now living in sin. They say they love Jesus, but they're living with somebody that's not their husband or their their wife. They're living in sin and fornication. They think they're going to get a free pass. What do you think, brother? Mike? Love is being taught everywhere. I don't remember. He's Come back brother. to your mic, brother Mike. You're really smart. You're too far from the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. Put it in my pocket. There you go. Put it in my pocket. Well, I'm picking on my brother a lot, but he, you know, love, love. He said, I've really studied the Bible. It boils down to love. You know, that's the most important thing. And if you concentrate on the most important thing, it sounds like an attorney, the issue. Now, attorneys in the Bible are not like scribes and Pharisees. That's been, it's been taught like that. But they were religious teachers. But what the problem with all that is, throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, there is one uh, test that says, if you love the Lord. And that is if you obey me. He says, if you don't obey me, you don't love me. So, you know, you, the yardstick of the Bible is totally different than it's taught anywhere I know. Now, I'm not saying anywhere. That's wrong. But I just, it just seems like these preachers have gone nuts over the love of God. And there's, and, you know, that's a reality. I'm not saying it's not. But it's not, it's not all the reality because you have to define it, you know, what loving God what he thinks or what, what God perceives the love not what we perceive we could say we love, I love God like a better adultery I do this I do that but I love the Lord I, I, I go to you know I'm charismatic I speak in tongues I do this I do that and I do the other oh by the way there's a part in the Bible that says you can do all these things and he, he said I never knew you get away from me but I'm going to go into that. I'm just going to concentrate on this thing about there's only one place that I can find where God is talking about uh, how you really show if you love him. If you love me, you'll obey me. Don't you want? It's that simple. Now, what do you all think about it being that simple? Is, that, is it that simple or is it more complicated? Sister Gill. Oh, it's exactly. It's, um, it's just amazing to me how many times Jesus talked about obedience and and following him and if you keep my word and you keep my commandments and um and it you know it, he just talked about a lot there's another thing he talked about a lot more than uh, I think he probably talked about obedience more than love but there's one thing I know he talked more about than love and that's hell you know over Go ahead, Janet. Acts 238 it says then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost I've heard these sinners prayer that uh, Joel Osteen gives and some of these other people do and they're very lame prayers I don't recall Mm -hmm. them spending much time on we need to repent of our sins yes we need to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord believe in our heart that God has raised from the dead but even if you do that are you saved if you have that repented from your sins 
don't the demons believe and yet they they tremble they're not going to be saved can we be saved i guess is my question without first repenting isn't that a prerequisite repent and that's not only to confess our current sins but to renounce them and then turn away from them or can we just acknowledge jesus as lord and and we're saved and we we don't have to deal with our sin issue what is the truth there well I can give you what I've been studying, <laughs> and it's uh, God has ordained for each believer today five experiences, each typified by an experience of Israel in the Old Testament. I'm reading what somebody else said: salvation through faith in the blood of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, baptism in the Holy Spirit, baptism in water, daily feeding upon God's word, and daily drinking God's spirit from within. Well, but if you don't have the uh, if you don't have the initial uh, repentance again I, I'll kick back to John the Baptist he was preparing people for Christ coming and he had people he wouldn't even turned away he wouldn't even baptize them because they had not quit doing what they knew to do in other words, he baptized them unto repentance. They had to repent. They had to absolutely renounce their sins, I think, publicly. Or he would not baptize them to just get them ready for Christ's coming. Now, you know, salvation actually comes through the blood. We don't work toward it. Baptism, Holy Spirit, all that. But our ordinances that we that we are I don't want to say entitled to but we can get but we have to you have to like you said repent and I think the definition of repentance has been weakened because it, it changes the way of thinking changes the way of acting that's repentance well Jesus said now, in Mark 16 talk, well there, there's repentance and then there's sanctification yes now Sanctification. Once you get born again, baptized spirit, there's a process of, of I think of really cleaning you up perfectly. But if you don't, and and, but if you never repented to start with, you never really got a firm, firm foundation. I think that's what I'm trying to say, and that entails changing your thinking and changing your actions. Then, you know, then and only then have you repented. And let's say now you, I, Gail, do something that we know is wrong or we don't know is wrong, but it's wrong. And then the Holy Spirit brings it to our our consciousness. We have to repent. We can't say, I'm sorry, and just keep doing it. And I, I one day, if I ever did a study, I want to teach what I've learned Judas has taught me about as much as anybody that I've studied in the Bible because the Lord said I was betrayed by a friend by my friend and uh, most all of us can relate to that that's pain that's almost the most painful thing you can experience but but Peter you know he 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 went against Christ, but he did a repentance, a true repentance in what he said and what he did. Judas was sorry and wished he hadn't done it. He was trying to accomplish something, but he went out and hung himself. 
But Judas, all along, he was born again, baptized spirit. He healed the sick, cast out devils. He was with the bunch. Now, he did filch the money along the way, but he was with them up until the Last Supper. And nobody but Jesus recognized that he was, you know, that he was bad. But but I think he had gone through all those experiences. I don't know if he repented in the beginning. People say he never was born again. But there's lots of places the Bible said they were, and they all believed. And, you know, you can just read mm-hmm. through there. And he was one of the bunch. Mm-hmm. I believe he was saved. I mean, but you know what? I, mm-hmm. He was compromised at some point mm-hmm. and he made a decision he, he fell away decision he made a decision and he didn't just fall away I I hate that falling away I, I'm, not, I'm not picking on you Shannon but he made a conscious decision to, to go toward the devil he sold the Lord out I, now I believe what I believe doesn't matter because the Bible doesn't explain this but I believe he did it thinking God would do some kind of fancy miracle and you know, come and beat out the Romans and all that, or at least a possibility. Yes. You know, of the 30, 30 piece of silver. On the other hand, he was stealing all along, apparently. Yeah, he would steal from the money bag. You know, I think he got offended. Yeah, he probably thought, if I link up with Jesus, I'm going to be wealthy. And you know what? what? Jesus what? wasn't about the money. So he began to take money from that money bag and ultimately sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. I think he... Uh, <laughs> He needed some deliverance himself. Apparently, like when, what was it? He was upset because, uh, was Mary, you know, that broke the bottle of oil, you know, that was so expensive. What, what, 200 days wages or something like that worth a lot of money. And he was, he, he couldn't understand that. So he was, he had greed in his heart, but the Lord did say I was betrayed by my friend. I mean, I read that in Acts, and it's it's. A, I know we can say different things, but also it tells where he went. It said he went where he belonged. You know, they didn't just say he went to hell, but in a way, way my, I, I uh, should have. He went to a special place in hell. Uh, a special he place. He went to Hades or way down there. You know, he went to where he was going, supposed to go. That's what that's about, well, the way the Bible puts it. And and we know it was not the good place. So, And a lot of people look at Judas and say he repented. No, he didn't he repent. He didn't repent. He was sorry. Probably sorry he got caught, you know, like some criminals today. But he didn't repent. You know, he went out and hung himself, which was bad, threw the 30 pieces of silver and went out and hung himself. So he didn't accomplish apparently what he was trying to accomplish but unlike Peter who Peter was pretty bad that was pretty bad you know denying Jesus a long time ago and he had to he did it three times and he had to you know repent three times in other words I'm getting off on some stuff but y'all go ahead I'm going to shut up for a while bottom line is uh, (laughs) you know uh, he didn't repent anymore talking about Judas and King Saul did and then he also jumped on his sword murdered himself and went into hell but you know you really brought up something that I think is very key because I've been dealing with this in my brain for a while. And, you know, we ought to go back to the Word. If Jesus says in Mark 16, and he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth, mm-hmm. 
and is baptized shall be saved. And just say, he that believeth shall be saved. It says, and is baptized. That's what Jesus said. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, if we also look at what uh, they were doing in Acts and, you know, John the Baptist was doing, they said, repent and be baptized. So I, I I would assume here, what is your thought, Gil, that when Jesus said, not only do you need to believe, but be baptized to be saved, well, then repentance would 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 be a prerequisite to the baptism. So you believe, repent, get water baptized, you're saved. Now, um, can God did God save the man on the cross who want water baptized? Yes, but this is what He's asking us to do. And uh, should we do what Christ said? Should we believe and be baptized? And I believe repent is in there in the middle. What's your talk? What's your thinking on that? Can we yeah, definitely. Only? It's part of obedience for sure. If Christ said it, he tells us. Yeah, how are we yeah. going to override what he said? And I know people are stick. Oh well, you don't have to be water baptized to be saved. Well, Jesus said you do. So yeah. if you have an opportunity, I think you need to. And if John the Baptist and Paul were telling people before they're baptized to repent and then be baptized, what do you think? Is that the? Is that how we get saved? Believe, repent, baptized. Or am I missing it somewhere? What's your thoughts, Gil? No, there's a lot of things we do. There's so many ifs in the Bible. If you do, if, if, if. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you don't confess your sin, you've got trouble. But it's all throughout the Bible. It's Old Testament, New Testament. If we looked up all the ifs, which there are hundreds of ifs in the Bible, they all have something to do with the subject that we're talking about. The, um, we we must be obedient. Jesus never said, okay, if you're not obedient on this, it's okay, well, I'll let you buy with it. No, he talked about well, obedience a you lot. When here, Jesus, John the Baptist didn't even want to baptize Jesus because he said, you don't need it. Jesus said, I want to do, I want to do everything that I'm supposed to do, basically. Yeah. I'm supposed to get baptized. Good you know. Point. So Jesus did what I told him to. And yeah. I'd say, if he had to, Mike probably needs it. <laughs> Maybe, Shannon. Oh, I've yeah, been baptized four times. <laughs> I've been baptized three. <laughs> you guys are funny. I didn't even I've realize been baptized it. baptized once. <laughs> but I had my granddad baptize me twice. Really, my motive was to get into that badminton tilt pool. It looked like a swimming pool to me at the time. <laughs> so I had, well, to, get, I had to be... I, go ahead, sorry. So I had to do it for real in 18 and then later in the River Jordan. How about you, Mike? What was your experience? Well, I've, I've been baptized in the bathtub and different things. I baptized at the Legion Field Baptist Church in New Orleans because it's on the street. And all these people that, that were uh, Baptists were, you know, there was a seminary there, uh, Southern Baptist Seminary. Some of these people were really great. One of them in particular was just fearless. But anyway, I liked them. And they really liked me. And they had a little place where they'd feed people, you know, peanut butter sandwiches and all that. And, and I would go walk the streets, you know, at night and all, but they just, I said, you know, guys, there's some, I don't understand. I said, you know, we get along good. We do, we're doing the thing here, but y'all don't feel there's something between us, and I want to know what it is. And they said, well, Mike, have you been baptized? I said, yes. They say, well, would you be baptized, you know, again? I said, you know, they want to make sure. So I I did, you know, but I didn't, I did it. I figured I've done a lot of things like that that I 
I don't think we're wrong, but just so people make them feel good. After that, they were at this pigs in mud, so I didn't kill me. It's in Legion Field. They had this big tank. It was something else. And I brought a couple of kids there that uh, ended up getting born again. I think it's the only people I ever saw got born again at church. They went after the altar call. They were Catholic, young Catholic kids. They ran down and jumped at the altar. Uh, but anyway, the point is, I didn't feel the need to get baptized, but I am I am thinking about something. I, I might have been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But I I wonder about being needing to be baptized in the name of Jesus. I'm just talking about things now that well, yes. that I think about. So, you know. Absolutely. Uh, why do we say in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? When we should be saying in the name of Yahovah, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. Why don't we use his mm-hmm. name, Jesus, when we're talking about the Son? Right. <clears throat> I, I, if I ever get baptized again, I'm mm-hmm. going to get baptized in the name of Jesus. Uh, although I might, one of those that I might have been when I was in the bathtub, because mm-hmm. I was almost mm-hmm. at that time. I forgot how that happened, but you know what it is. A, a one thing about baptism that that bothers me is that they don't make the prerequisite they give their life to Christ okay so they ask Christ to come into life and then they get baptized so I I think that's not scriptural I I think they gotta repent like the John the Baptist baptism and repent give your life to Christ and then get baptized y'all could you know I'm not saying I'm right I'm just saying I'm bringing that up for discussion but that's the way I see it I agree. I agree for sure. Um, I, I, I now, knowing what I know now, I would have paid attention to what the the uh, fellow who baptized me said, because um, it's important. I do think that I think that what's what was John the Baptist uh, was the most complimented human on the face of the earth by Jesus Christ, and he knew what he was doing, and he he insisted on the repentance, and that's and that's the way it should be. I don't remember anybody asking me before I was water baptized to repent of my sins. And I grew up in the Church of God, which is pretty mainstream. Um, But I'll tell you something. You talk about the fear of the Lord. I was probably saved at age four, back in 73, because I feared God at that age. My mom would, she'd lead us to the Lord. Now, is that the same salvation as when you get older? I wasn't sure, because I kept hearing people as I grew up in the church, been in the church my whole life, about some... Uh, specific date that they recall that they get they came forward gave a pledge to the Lord you know I don't remember ever doing that officially in front of a, a congregation so the Holy Spirit began to convict me and um, I had a lot of issues when I got out of high school 17 I went to live with my grandparents who were pastoring up in Virginia and tried to get in the job world at 18 that didn't work out too well but they had an altar call on a Sunday morning and it was a, that was the biggest service. They had maybe up to about 150, 200 people there maximum. But it was packed for that small church. And there was a drunk man that came in off the street uh, that worked. He was a manager of a local uh, Baskin-Robbins. And then there was some other new guest that came up. And then I went up, a pastor's grandson. And, man, it's, if I recall, it was just a bright day there in that church. And people looking at me kind of strange, you know. What's this mm-hmm. guy doing going up and 
given his heart to Jesus. Didn't he say? Well, I was afraid that I might die lost, never having publicly confessed Christ before men. It says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father which is in heaven. And I said, I can't leave my eternity to chance. So I said, I'm going to at least go down on record. I've been saved probably my whole life, but I'm not taking that chance. So I went up there. and I, I think profession is an important part of it. I did it at 18. And you know, I, I was baptized a couple times after that. Once there in the church, and then later in life, I think I was about 40, took a trip to Israel and we got baptized in the River Jordan. So I've been baptized like four times. But, you know, the fear of the Lord is not taught enough. And we got people right now, they say they're coming to Christ, but, you know, have you heard those statistics of people that got saved at a Billy Graham um, mission? Oh, yeah. But Even Billy Graham talked about it. How many people you know, actually st- stuck and how many people walked away? I don't think that uh, we've done the Word of God service at least in many denominations, to tell people, hey, there's got to be a lifestyle change. We've got to make a commitment. And, you know, for that reason, I think we got so many problems with demons. But doesn't the word say if you submit to God, you resist the devil, the devil will flee? Yeah. <laughs> what is submitting to God, in your opinion, Sister Gill? Oh, so, yeah, submitting to God. Uh, you, you, you do it his way. I mean, uh, when we uh, resist the devil... We we there's a, well, let me give you an example uh, when I when I was delivered of a really bad back problem um, I uh, that it tried to come back the demon tried to come back and um, it it came back by giving me this horrible pain in my back just like it was before and I could have said oh no it's back I guess I wasn't delivered but no resisting the devil is saying no you foul spirit in the name of Jesus you're not coming back God delivered me I'm sticking with the Lord I'm going with him I'm doing it God's way and you're not coming back because I could be free of you the Bible says that I have power in the name of Jesus you know I'm talking to this thing and it went away and never came back but that is submitting to God. You submit to God when you do it His way. When you uh, when you don't say, "Oh, I'm fine. I was I was forgiven of my sin yesterday and today and tomorrow." No, I don't believe that. Lord, it says, "If I confess my sin, He is faithful and just." We submit to doing it God's way. Brother yeah, Mike I had a real fight too. That was something else. But she. She won that battle. You know, this resisting thing needs to be uh, explored a little bit when we're talking because she had a vicious battle over that, you know. But, I mean, isn't submitting to God, isn't that basically what we're talking about, repenting? We're submitting to his word. We're, we're in obedience to yeah. him. And if we do That's that, right. and then, of course, we resist the devil, the devil's going to flee. Now, if we don't, the devil's not going anywhere. He's going to have a legal right to attack. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's other times where it says, if you don't forgive men... My Father in heaven will not forgive you. So if we're we're not obeying the word of God, we're going to suffer some consequences. And uh, it could result even in uh, backsliding and falling away, you know, into into Mm -hmm. hell. Uh, Mm -hmm. The church is in a terrible mess out there. It's, you know, can't we just have a yes or no answer out there in the church? Why does everything have to be compromised? I'm tired of things not being black or white. But gray area, doesn't anybody know the answer? I mean, I'm like, uh, if that's what Jesus says, then I'm going to have to stick with Jesus. 
But I think also that you could t- tell me if I'm if I'm on track here, Mike and Gil. Uh, don't we have to take the full counsel of God and study the scriptures? And if we find something there uh, that seemed to be one way, but other scriptures don't agree with it, well, maybe we need to change our thoughts on it. But let every word be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So we take the whole counsel of God to build a doctrine. They, they know the word, this, that, and other. I said, well, you're really in bad shape. I, I was not worried about you until you told me how much the Bible know because I'm afraid to know something and not do it. You sure as hell <laughs> tell, Hey, tell me about it. Uh, I'm convicted here my own, my own self. Um, but I got to tell a story that would, might help somebody. I don't, I don't think it will hurt them because a lot of the things that we're doing and confessing and repenting and this, are in our mind, not in our heart, and this is a, this is really a key. I, I remember I was uh, I wasn't the best young guy in the world. I you know I had a conscience. My conscience bothered me a lot, but I remember a few times sitting out of the balcony, the balcony kind of slanted down. Easter Sunday, the hats would come on. I me and my buddy try to throw little things out and see if we could ring the hats. <laughs> there were a few times there was a pole I had to get real close to the pole on the end put my arm around it because I'd been drinking a little bit that night I had to go to sleep nearly fell out of the balcony into the congregation which would have been a bad thing you know but one time they had a I think these Baptists I'm not sure some evangelist came through and he preached a heck of a good message and a bunch of us went down we, uh, we went through the prayers and all this stuff and he said you're saved and I said, I'm not. Well, that upset him. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I said, I know I'm not. And if I if if I were, I didn't know it wouldn't matter anyway. I was just mad about it, you know, because I knew I wanted to say. So our only point in this is a lot of the things that we're confused about because it's not in our heart. It's in our mind, in our thoughts, but not in our heart. Did that make sense, or did I get everybody confused on Well, that? I just think we're in compromise. I mean, we don't know the Word of God or the power thereof. And uh, no wonder, going back to the original question, I, uh, you know, stupidity. There is no excuse for being stupid. Not in today's time where we've got access to, to all the Bibles we'd ever want. But I believe in a time's coming where they may ban the King James Bible and the rest of the Bibles in America if these communists continue in power. You know, right now, you can go to jail in England. Or you can go to jail in Canada for standing up for the Word of God and doing programs like we're doing tonight, speaking against sin and homosexuality and abortion. They're arresting people. And, you know, so we better not take it for granted anymore. Then we're going to be in some real serious trouble. If we had it and we never read it, you know, the Word of God's precious. But I think I'm sick of compromising my own life. That's all I see out there. And these politics, you know, even Trump has to accept the blame for his incompetence. He compromised trusting his son-in-law and a lot of other people and they all stacked the deck there with people who in the end betrayed him down to Mike Pence. Every one of those people uh, betrayed him and were crooks and had their own agenda. And I believe Trump really meant well. But look, that can even cost you the presidency. I hope that he gets a second chance to make things right. Because we're in serious trouble right now in America. I'm just, I'm forcing we're, that I'm not having to fight that spirit in Washington because 
terrible. went there years ago. I don't street long story. You know, I was in short sleeve, little old light jacket, and there were told people you had to get the pets in off the off the streets so they'd freeze. But it was dangerous on those streets. And I heard somebody, Lord, that had come up behind me was going to kill me for drugs. But I, I don't want to get into that. Very I, true. I hit them ago that I want to talk about, and this is real important because in deliverance. I found in casting out demons that the Lord would direct a lot of people to go back to a certain place in their life where they hadn't been dealt with. In other words, they hadn't repented, stuff like this. I don't understand all I'm talking about, but I do know this. If we say these prayers or we say we repented and all that, and it's in our head, but not in our heart, it ain't real. It's like being saved. You can, I, I always believe you know, the son of God, blah, blah, blah. So it wasn't anything for me, and I definitely don't want to be a preacher. <laughs> I used to be scared to death of that. I, I hated it because I thought they were all, you know, all the movies, see, they were the wimps and the this, that, and other. I didn't want to be that. But I do know that everything that's done has to be done in the heart. If you, if, if you get born again, it's not in your head, it's in your heart. If it's in your head, you won't last. If it's in your heart, you you have you you will it will last unless you reject it and turn your back on it. You'll know you're doing it though. You know you're rejecting like rejecting the Holy Spirit. Did that go too far or did that mix up anybody or did people agree? With anything you do in the spiritual realm, it's in your heart. So you can read it and you can believe it, but if you don't do it, it doesn't matter. And so you read it and believe it, it has to get in your heart where you do it. Believe is, uh, in our context, that's one of the hard parts about the Bible. Believe in American uh, in our dictionaries, it's not the same as it was back then. Believe then meant an actual heart belief. It was, a, I don't think we used the word, I forgot what it was, but it's, it's a different connotation to it. Well, let me weigh in here because I'm not quite as big on the heart thing as a lot of people are. Uh, because um, I do believe that, you know, there is a heart thing. There is an important. Like, back to what Jen said, he writes his law upon our heart. So there are great connotations and things that the Bible says about the heart that are great. But it also says, the heart is wicked and deceitful above all things. And I'd like to, and so a lot of people put a lot of emphasis. I'm talking about spirit. What? In your spirit, that's right. I was just about to say that because when when you are born again, you're born of God. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, in the Bible, it's used different places. There again, our Bibles are the way they were written, interpreted. I don't care if it's King James or any of them, all are different. But when I'm saying believe, I mean believe in the spirit. Believe in that's your right. That's right. Uh, your heart can mean different things. Can mean your feelings. You know, mind, will, and emotions. I'm talking about spirit. Then you can be off of it. All right. And when we do that, when we are born of the spirit, everything changes. Our heart changes. You know, there's so many things change. And I'd like to go back a little bit just to um, 
the subject of repentance because that really was the stumbling block for me uh, for a long, long time when I was trying to get born again. I I was um, I was in college when I finally got born again, but prior to that, uh, you, can, you know when you when you're talking about uh, Judas and Peter, that was such a it's a great thing to uh, compare because um, Judas probably we know that he he was sorry that he did he realized that oops I goofed bad I goofed real bad and he probably cried, but he didn't repent. Peter. Peter wept. He went, oops, I goofed for sure. He he wept, he cried, but he did repent. And that repentance thing was the stumbling block for me when I got was trying I was trying to get born again for for many years. I uh went to a church that did not teach repentance. And I went down the aisle many times and they thought that this was your salvation experience. Going down the aisle and rededicating your life to Christ. Rededicating ask God, ask the Lord into your heart. And oh, how many times did I go down the aisle doing that? I'm not, I don't even want to count. But finally, when I'm listening to a sermon, when I did get born again, I got born again sitting in that seat when I was 21 years old because I learned what repentance means. It means you are not a good person, Gail. Your heart is wicked and deceitful above all things. Even your all your righteousnesses are as filthy rags. That's what the preacher told me. I am a sinner. The Bible's full of telling me, telling us that we're sinners. We're, of course, we're sinners going to heaven. Hallelujah. Because our, our sin is washed away by the precious blood of Jesus. But that's what happened. When this fellow was preaching about repentance and repeat, pre- preaching about my sin, I finally got it. The light came on in my my brain and I said, oh my goodness, I am. I'm a horrible, horrible sinner, Lord. Oh, I'm a sinner, Lord. Lord, I'm so sorry. I am a sinner. I agree with you, Lord. I agree. I am a sinner. And you died for my sin to wash away my sins anyway. All my righteousnesses. I was depending on my righteousness until that moment. And that's when I got born again. But people have to repent. They can't get born again without repenting. Absolutely. I believe that's the truth right there. Confess the Lord Jesus Christ as, as Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised from the dead. Repent of your sins and get water baptized. That's the full salvation package. Now, whether or not God will offer an exception to someone who's, you know, received Christ. In an accident or on their deathbed. You know, God is merciful. But don't uh, bank on having the opportunity to do all that by that time. Get it done today. There's no excuse. It's time to stop being in compromise and repent of our sins. Because that's it's so hard for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, because they hadn't, they hadn't come the right way. He says, if you do these things, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm glad you brought that point up. Because that's also what it says. Repent of your sins, be water baptized, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, what do you say to people who have repented? They've been water baptized, but haven't received the Holy Ghost. Now, does that mean you have the Holy Ghost living inside of you, or does that mean that you're going to speak in tongues? 
you ask some questions here? Yes, sure. I, I've, I've studied this the last couple of days. You know, some people say that being baptized in the Holy Spirit, you'll, you will um, do different things. I, but I'm, I'm believing now because I've stood both sides. I believe now that by grace, you can, through obedience, if you obey and do these other things prior to it, you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues because I've studied all the different places where they received it in the Bible. So I'm, I'm really drawing this from Derek Prince because I used, I was believing a little bit different than that. What's that preacher, Gail, that I, I learned a lot from? But I, I think I Branham. William Branham. William Branham. I, 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 I read what Prince said and it really brought me back to the understanding of, the, of being baptized I had a long, long time ago. But he's basically saying, get the motion, all these things out where you're saying how to do this, where people show you how to receive it. He said, if you've obeyed God in these other things, then you can receive it. In other words, if you repented, and he gave a John the Baptist kind of repentance. Brother Mike, you know? bring your microphone back closer. Yeah, that sucker. Hold <laughs> <laughs> down my belly. I'm sitting here. That's okay. I'll do a Joe Rogan on you. He gets pissed off sometimes and says, hey, put your hand, your microphone, a hand's link from that microphone. I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll fail you. I'll fail you. Keep going. I, people ask me, why do you talk like you do? And I said, well, I said, when I was a kid growing up, we liked fish. And when it's real cold, you had to put the worms in your mouth and kind of talk like this to keep, you know, or you'd chew them up. You had to keep them in your mouth to keep them from freezing. Well, the bigger question tonight is, I just learned something new. Gil, did I hear you correctly? You were a California girl, and Mike, you're from Alabama? How did a Georgia boy meet a, Cal- a, a Western, Western girl? No, I I was I'm 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 from Georgia. I'm from Atlanta. I, so what? I, I we met at school when I went to Florida State and he went to Auburn. But I got born again in California. Wait a minute. <clears throat> I didn't know this. Are you a Georgia girl? Yeah. Yeah. I, why and didn't you wh- tell me my this? My parents well, I lived in Gainesville for a while. Well, we're <clears throat> kin, we're kinfolk then. I'm Georgia now. Yeah. <laughs> we're both rednecks. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Where are you from? I'm from Alabama. Well, look, you qualify as a redneck. We got, we'll call this yeah, the th- yeah, th- three rednecks and Jesus. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I didn't know you were from Georgia. Mm-hmm. From, from yep. Atlanta. Area. I remember you. Wow. Yeah, I'm from Atlanta. I, I, I went from Atlanta. Yeah, were, I was raised in Sandy Springs. In Sandy Springs? I went, mm-hmm. to, I went to school in Sandy Springs in sixth grade. Oh my God! Yeah. You're so much younger than me. I was long gone by then. I love Sandy Springs. Probably, I don't know. I think I was. Oh yeah, well, uh, we used to go to Waiuka Baptist Church for a while. Um, oh, you did? Well, yeah. How about that? I know exactly. I've been there a few times. Not that I went there. I just went with friends. Sandy Springs, Roswell Road. What? A, I mean, you're bringing back yep. memories. And Mike. Yeah, uh, I lived right off of Roswell Road for a while. Right well, off of Roswell. I lived on Buford Highway for a while because I moved over there and went to work for Genuine Parks for a while. Buford Highway? So my, that's my old stomping grounds. Yeah, yeah I had a oh, Buford Highway. Uh, Mike, uh, you were in the Army too. Did you spend time? Did you go to Fort Rucker, Alabama? Is that where you went through the military? Well, no, I went Fort Jackson, and then I, I was at several different, but I got armor officer school. Fort Knox and then and now Fort Lee, Virginia, 
or I took a supply officer training. And, you know, I was trying to get in the regular army. I'd injured in football. And, uh, you know, and I wanted to get in, but I didn't want to be responsible for my injuries. I tried different ways and never could get in the regular army, but I went to a lot of army schools trying to and different things. Went through OCS. Uh, you oh, know, wow. it just... Uh, I, I, wanted, then I, I wanted to go over in Israel and fight. You know, I didn't. I wasn't a Christian. I didn't know anything. I just didn't like a whole bunch of people picking on a little country. And plus, I'd been trained as a, in the tanks they're using now. Our tanks that we're using now was what I was trained in, and that was many years ago. I'm be seventy nine soon, so this was I was nineteen year old, youngest army officer in the United States Army at the time. Oh man, long time ago. That's pretty long cool. time ago. I'm learning a little bit more about Mike and Gilda today. Um, um, for those just joining us tonight, and I want to take a break here for a second. Uh, you all have a ministry that you do. Where do people go to contact you, and do you have um, a program where they can tune in as part of a Zoom meeting? Gail, how's that work? What do you got going? Yes, I'm. I'm sorry, I, for, I forgot to tell you. I was supposed to tell you. You know how, how you basically you you just uh, contact me uh, my email. And I'll give that to you in just a second. And just put Omega Man in the subject line and then just say you'd like to have more information about the the Bible study, which is always Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. Occasionally we have an extra meeting, but um, it's always on Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. It's a short meeting. We keep it short. We're praying. We're talking about the subjects that we keep keep it. We keep it each other in mind, text each other all week, and, and remind each other to pray about what. And um, I'll send you the link if you want to join us. And and I did, forgot to tell you the details so that you could do anything you want with it, Shannon. But Well, I want to put it anyway. on the website uh, and promote it. Do you uh, have an email address also? Yeah, that's um, Gail, G-A-Y-L-E, underscore Patton, at yahoo.com. Gail, come to think of it, I was in Sandy Springs in 1979. I was uh-huh. in sixth grade. How about that? You were in what, what, fifth grade? How about that? And then in 1980, yeah. my stepdad hauled up and moved us all the way to Topanga Canyon in, in uh, Los Angeles. Oh, wow. How about that? Didn't we you moved. say you spent some time in Gainesville, Georgia, too? Uh, oh, sure. Yes, yeah, sir. In fact, um, so... Um, we opened up uh, Desert Burn and later Omega Man Weaponry in Gainesville back in 2004. And I had that uh, shop until 2009. When Obama came on board, I figured he was going to ban all the guns. Uh, so I shut the gun store down. And my Desert Burn company had died, uh, as well as uh, the economy at that time. So I packed everything up and I moved to Costa Rica. And I'm over there. And the Lord called me back in 2010 to start Omega Man Radio. And I came back through Jacksonville for a few months and then popped back out in Georgia. And I had a storage unit up in Gainesville. And I went up there one day to check on it. And I saw in the horizon my marquee from Omega Man Weaponry. Right up there on Dawsonville Highway, up right up from Lake Lanier. And uh, I went over and the place was vacant. And so I uh, talked to the old landlord, a Chinese lady who owned the strip mall. And the place I had was in between a pawn shop, a NASCARs, and a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> so <laughs> I rented it, and uh, we, we launched a Mega Man Radio there in 2010. Now, where we're at on Gainesville High, uh, Dawsonville Highway is only five minutes from Jensen Franklin's church, Free Chapel. And so oh. I was there um, 
from 210 till 213 and then 2013 and then I moved uh, to Las Vegas and then uh, 2016 I, I came to Bali and I've been here for almost eight years so yeah we actually got started in Gainesville Georgia but well, we grew up in the Atlanta area you know South Atlanta my grandfather Weber had a church and uh, right down from the airport off of uh, Old Stewart mm-hmm. Road I think it was um, Southside Church of God and then my grandfather Davis was over in um, Forest Park area as well with a church so we grew up in the Atlanta area wow. lived all over there so that's that was my stopping ground till I was about 18 and then we moved to Virginia and look I've been all over creation my goodness mm-hmm. but you just brought mm-hmm. back memories I had no idea what a small world here but you know back to the, back to the more important things which is uh, it says repent and be baptized and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit what if someone has repented and been baptized but they have not uh, spoken in tongues I know a lot of people who love Jesus some very uh, hardcore Christians that do missionary work in Russia I mean some of the most humble Christians I've ever seen but he doesn't speak in tongues I don't think they're raised with that belief like we were in the church of God you know we believe it but what, you know Paul says do we all speak in tongues do we all prophesy you know do all have well, the now, same gifts I, I'll speak to that what do you think about that I studied, I studied that well, that was another thing where they were talking about a church. He was trying to, they were all jabbering in tongues, you know, at the same time and, you know, creating a little bit of difficulty. He, he said, look, I speak in tongues more than y'all, but you need to do this decently in order, that kind of thing. But I think the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a one-time thing where you speak in, in tongues. The evidence that you're baptized in the Spirit, it, it just, it overflows and I have studied this thing pretty good, so I jump back to the what I think is Derek Pence's position on it, because if I look in the Bible, it says that they saw and heard, you know, when people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit at the different times. In other words, it was the only way they could tell. And the reason it couldn't be the way they were alive and all like that, how their life was, was like in uh, what was uh, the Cornelius household? I mean, they they had the baptism in a hurry. It said they received it like we did in the beginning. In other words, when you read those different places where they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and as far as people, I know people like that too, but they're just a little bit stubborn. Because you can, I believe, on a case like that, I just dropped to my knees and start speaking in tongues. I'm just telling you what I would do. But what do you think, Gil? I think well, <clears throat> I it, when when I um, received the baptism, it was through a friend of Mike's, and I wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and um, and I think that this I'm not too unusual. I can tell you some stories that are just like very much like mine. Actually, let me tell you one story because it's how it's why I. I finally got serious because when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Mike's friend John told me he I seemed a little concerned because I said a word or two, two in tongues when at that time I think maybe John thought so. And I was distressed because I really wasn't. I didn't think I was speaking in tongues. And he said, well, you just go home and practice. Well, before I really got understood what he's talking about, I heard a... Uh, uh, a testimony of a woman who was having difficulty just like me 
of speaking in tongues. And she said, Lord, she she said, now this is a case where I don't think you're supposed to tempt the Lord, but there are times you can put out fleeces. And she got on the bed and she stood in the middle of the bed and she said, Lord, I'm not getting off this bed until I can speak in tongues. And it worked. After a while, I don't know how long, she started speaking in tongues. So I decided that I could do that. And I was at that time right after Mike's friend John, because Mike just Mike just uh, said, "Well, I'm just gonna. You just probably can receive the baptism uh, as well or anything with John, because I had a lot of respect for John because he really was a strong, solid Christian." And Mike really was a devil because I, she was with Campus Crusade. <laughs> no, I didn't think it was of the devil, because at that time I was with Campus Crusade, but they had not taught me at that time that speaking in tongues was of the devil, so I didn't think that. Now, I did know, though, Mike, you're right about that, in that I did know that Campus Crusade for Christ did not teach the baptism of the Holy Spirit that way. And I did decide at the time that Mike was teaching me that he was right. Mike was showing me in the Bible. It was, it was, it's, it's clear in the, it's, it's clear in the Bible. It, there's a lot about it in the Bible about speaking in tongues. But anyway, so I was. Mike had converted me, you know, in my doctrine. So that's when I received the baptism. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I wasn't speaking in tongues very well. So I decided if this girl could get on the bed and ask the Lord to, to she tell the Lord that she's going to stay there until she can speak in tongues, I could do the same thing. So here's what I did. I was going from Birmingham, Alabama, where I was working as a uh, uh, the coordinator for a home for runaway teenage girls. And um, I was living in Birmingham at the time. This was before Mike and I got married. We got married in 1975. So this was happening at about 1973, 74, right around 73. I don't remember for sure. No, 72. I don't remember. I worked at, in Birmingham at the Girls Lodge for a, a few years. As I, and I also worked in the intensive care unit at UAB at the same time because Salvation Army doesn't pay anything much. The salary was like, oh, $200 a month. But anyway, maybe less, 150 I can't remember. But anyway, back to what I said. I decided I was going to go from, I told the Lord, I said, now, Lord, I didn't really tell the Lord what was going to happen. I asked the Lord. I said, now, I'm going to drive from Gain- from Birmingham, Alabama to Gainesville, Georgia to visit my parents and I, when I am going to practice speaking in tongues all the way. And at that time, because of the road situation, it was, it was at least four or five hours to, from Birmingham to, to, to Gainesville. And so that's what I did. I, I quit trying to speak in tongues, practicing, to stop and get gas once. And when I got to, and I, and I was so hoarse, I could I couldn't even talk. I couldn't do anything but whisper. And that's because I was talking solid for four and a half, five hours, trying to speak in tongues. And uh, when I got to Gainesville, and I started to drive in the driveway, 
I spoke in tongues fluently. It was easy, simple. You don't have to think. It just flows. Right when I started to drive in the driveway, I was so happy. I sat there in the car speaking in tongues for a while, and my parents wondered what I was doing sitting in the driveway. I didn't know this. I said, oh, you. Pull your microphone back, Brother Mike. Come back closer. Oh, I put it. I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> Don't put it in your back pocket. But if you feel, nobody needs to hear what I got to say anyway. That was pretty good. I never knew that. But it's kind of like wow. priming the pump. pump. What it does, it kills pride. Because nobody, everybody would love to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit without speaking sons. Because that's about the dumbest thing anybody could ever do. Hey, You Mike, know, it's a pride killer. And I think that's why it's so important. You learned something new about Gail. How can you all been married for 50 years and not know that? That's amazing. We're learning all kinds of stuff about each other tonight. We don't talk that much unless we're on your program. <laughs> hey, that was a beautiful story. Yeah, wow. I, I thought it was good, too. Wow. I think, I think uh, you know, I'd try to show her, but Gail had been, she don't remember, but she'd been taught against it. I mean, all the teaching that she'd had was... Uh, and she had a friend, I think she told me, that that was girl when she was Salvation Army that talked to you positive about it, too? Um, I, actually, when I was working with Kansas Crusade for Christ, uh, she received the that baptism, was, and she was, yeah. But girl was pretty, you know, when people get this locked in, this, you know, born again, once saved, always saved, but she really liked my friend, who's an older guy, but John was real gentle I'm like uh, I might not have been as gentle a teacher I'm like, I'd be like here it is you need to do it quit fooling around but uh, Gil did I didn't know the story but I, but I think it's great I think that's you know called pressing in or whatever you need to do but the Bible does say in several places you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit if you obey me now, there are others that just say if you do these other things that you'll receive it. But I believe everything, in a sense, you can't put any real rules on it, though, because I've, I've seen people receive the Holy Spirit. And so Derek Prince said he didn't think should receive anything. Other people seem to struggle and struggle and struggle. But I think if I were to analyze the, what's behind that is that people that struggle a lot of times they're sincerely stubborn I mean they they believe it should happen a certain way and sometimes you just have to by faith which is assurance and things hope for yet not seen you just have to take off and do it well, I think uh, you're right on target there faith is a big ingredient there now I go back to reading the word it says God gives these gifts severally as he wills it I don't believe everybody is going to have the same gifts. I mean, you know, does everybody prophesy? Does everybody have uh, the ability to lay hands on the sick and they're healed with a miracle? You know, miracle healing, one of the nine gifts, laying on of hands. Um, I think that uh, God gives it out as he wills, and we should seek after all of them. You know, I've been asking the Lord, load, load me up. I'm still waiting, mm-hmm. though. I've got some <laughs> of the gifts. I believe I have discernment of spirit, but... I'm going to be uh, transparent here. I don't speak in tongues. I want to speak in tongues. I've been asking the Lord for that for over 30 years. 
I'm going to keep my mouth shut right now. We'll talk on the phone sometime. Because I will tell you this, and I've had this conversation on this program before, recently with Doug Perry. I called mm-hmm. Scott Mathrop and I said, I'm going to speak for you. I want you to tell me if this tongues. Because I can say something to you, but I think it's coming from my own brain. Uh, I grew up in the church. My grandmother spoke in tongues. On my grandmother Weber's side, my grandfather Weber spoke in tongues too. I believe in tongues. We spoke in tongues in church. They prophesied. I've heard the uh, interpretation gifts. I mean, you know, Church of God is as Pentecost as you can get. On my mom's side, they spoke in tongues. On my dad's side, my dad, I never heard my mom or dad speak in tongues. Now, my mom says that she has before, but I never heard her. And I never heard my uh, my grandparents on my dad's side speak in tongues. Now, that was a side of the family that we had trouble. Uh, a generational curse of Freemasonry. And my great-grandfather on my dad's side was a minister. So was my grandfather. My dad had an exhorter's license with the Church of God, although he never went in full-time. And then on my, my grandfather Weber's side, you know, they were with the Lord until you know, whole life, over 50, 60 years in ministry. I cast out demons. I got the first sign that falls in bleed, but I don't speak in tongues. I can let I can say something say to you, and well, I can probably fool people. Well, soon. Some people have said, oh, you speak in tongues, but I don't feel that, that these are tongues. I think I well, can just make up a language. That, that, I don't ever know of anybody that just got started that... <clears throat> that sound, didn't sound like anything but an idiot, including myself. Anybody I've ever heard. And I'm not saying it makes sense, but I'm just saying you start kind of like, you know, an engine that runs out of gas. You know, if you put the gas in the gas tank, it's hard to get it started. You kind of got to put some in the carburetor. And I do believe that that's just the way God made it that way to separate. You know, uh, but I promise you, I've been studying this, and I've talked to you about it. I studied every situation and and what Prince said, and I, I I just I can't really refute it. Now, uh, Branham had some different ideas about you know some other uh, you know not, uh, evidence or not the evidence, but he was based in his on a, one of the first places he ever went and saw people speaking in tongues, and he got. He got to know two of them, and one, he said, was like an angel, and the other like a devil. So he surmised that, uh, you know, he, he built some theology around that. I've heard but, real tongues before, but then I've heard some people that others are trying to lead the tongues and just say, repeat after me, and it's just gibberish. I don't even think they were speaking in tongues. I believe it's a gift or you don't have it. I mean... If God doesn't give it, how do you get it? Well, but at the same to, time, you got to receive. You, you got to receive a gift, though. See now that I'm just. I don't want to argue with you because I understand your position. I'm just saying that um, well, the people I know have this position. They all say the same thing, which it is a gift, but it, it's a promised gift. Now the others are the nine gifts and other gifts you get there. That's a different thing, but we're promised if we do certain things and obey the Lord we're promised to give the Holy Spirit now some people I think have to be prompted and other people I remember you know uh, I could t- tell some funny stories how it happened to me I, I went to Houston I, no I, I let me say I got 
I, can I tell a little story here? I, I love uh, stories. Uh, I got born again, and I, I began to read the Bible a lot. Talked about healing and all these other things. I go to these Bible studies, and people say, well, I just don't talk about that now. We'll talk about it after the study. Well, I was in law school. I kind of knew that that was a, that one, that, you know, that was just baloney. Or I, I had a law degree or whatever. I finished or whatever. I, I don't remember. No. Anyway, I had some training. So I, I said, the only way I'm going to ever learn if this stuff is true in this Bible, I was already born again, is I gave away everything I had and it was just sitting in the middle of the floor. Quit my job, gave the car back because I was a salesman. And I said, now, now, Lord, here I am. <laughs> and I don't, you know, and he had a uncle of mine. Uh, I don't know what happened. My parents asked me something. I I was in a town a long way away from them. I hadn't dealt with them all that much but they said your uncle's I said they said where are you going I said I, I'm going to Houston oh first I gotta tell I was just out wandering around not knowing what to do and I wandered in this guy's office same John door, same John we were talking about and I wandered in his office and and he said he looked at me and he said uh, what are you doing here I said well I have I don't have a slice idea I just walked in here and he said I do he said, the Lord wants you to the Church Redeemer in Houston, Texas. And he gave me a time and a day not that far off, you know. And I walked out of there kind of stunned, but wandered around saying, well, I've been asking the Lord to leave me and all like that. But he's going to have to arrange this because I don't have anything. And and what happened, uh, I, my parents, something happened, and they had heard that I didn't have anything, quit my job and all that kind of thing, and, and was crazy, you know, and so uh, they asked me what I was going to do I said I think I'm, I'm going to go to Houston, Texas and after that I said your your uncle called he's coming here he said if you're going to Houston just stay his flight and then my boss calls and said I quit you know he's a crook and I told him and I quit he said uh, the other salesman not coming in for a while you keep the car and keep the expense account until he comes I said, now they gave me a car and money. I said, I got to go. So I went a long way, long drive to Houston from Birmingham, Alabama. And when I got there, the Church of Deemer, I went in and man, people were hugging each other. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I've come all the way across the country and I'm in a nest of fags. You know, that's just the way I thought. I was kind of a heathen, you know, sort of a heathen. I was born again. But then they said, well, wait till tonight and just go downstairs. So I did, and gosh, they wheeled somebody in, ambulance came roaring up, wheeled somebody in that was just busted all to pieces. They prayed for him, it came together, and I'm sitting there on my knees praying, you know, sort of praying, not knowing what was going on, and the woman next to me, I said, you know, I was nervous, I said, um, boy, you, you really... Uh, speak a beautiful Spanish. She said, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> anyway, in, in all that, I guess I received the baptism before I even knew what the baptism was. But it was partially, I was just doing what the others did because I was, you know, I was nervous. And watching all this stuff, I'd never seen it, but it was God's answer. But my act of faith, you know, along with it, there's more to tell. I'm just kind of telling this sort of hit and miss deal, but I think it may be my thorn I, in the flesh. I've often thought, I wonder if 
I don't have it because God has used it to keep me humble. Because at one time, I wanted to receive it, but I was looking at it as a badge of honor. And then I went to a prophet 10 years ago and had him pray. And he said, the Lord told me not to pray for you to receive it. And I thought, that's very odd. I said, God, I've been seeking you over this since 96, almost, you know, 25, 30 years. I haven't received it. Yet God speaks to me. He's spoken to me several times. I cast out demons, but I don't speak in tongues. It's a whole different thing than all that but i believe that that when you you know when you just do it yeah well i don't i don't you know I, i'd rather tell you over the phone talk to you over the phone than over the air you know because well no it's all it's uh, all right i have listen i have people that have dogged me for years oh you don't speak in tongues no you dear. don't speak in tongues there's something wrong with you she called now I can I can say that. Okay, now listen. I've done that. I can do that for an hour. All kind of stuff. I can. I've been able to do that since I was ten. But I don't think that's tongues. Yes, it is. No, listen. Do you think it is? I've I've run that by three people, and they all said it's tongues. But I don't believe it's tongues. Well, not me. Maybe maybe what I'm going to want to say could help. Because where's the interpretation? That's my question. Shouldn't there be an interpretation? Here's the thing. This is what I'm trying to tell you. That I think you that you have a misunderstanding of, and we can have a teaching on it the next time we come together because everybody needs to know this because everybody gets screwed up on this at, at one time or another. Speaking in tongues in your prayer language is different from the gift that is spoke taught in Scripture. The 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 uh, the the gift of tongues is a prophetic gift that requires interpretation. The prayer language of speaking in tongues that you receive when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is different. Oh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a one-time speak tongue deal. I believe you got it. I just believe you need to just begin practicing speaking tongues. That'll build you up, and all this will, but here's all this the kind of stuff will just fall I, away. I want to believe it's tongues. Okay, did you understand what I said? There's not supposed to be an interpretation for the prayer language compared to the gift. But what if, but it, what mm-hmm. if I just have a um, propensity to be able to make some stuff up like that and make it? I mean, well, I've been around it. Says if you, if, would the Lord give you a snake or a spider or something like that? That's right. When you're asking for the gift, <laughs> no, He's give you got the Holy Spirit. You just need to, you just need to turn it on, buddy, and. And burn the thing up. That's that's the thing that's been holding back your uh, ministry some. And I don't mean that mean. I like you, obviously. Always have. You don't know how bad I, just, I, w- I want to believe that it's it's tongues. But at the same time, I think if you I don't just want do it. To, it is it it is it is tongue. It is the, your prayer language. You t- it, you can turn it on and off, right? You can and you can start and you can quit, right? I mean, it. I have no idea what I'm saying. And I don't know you're if not I just, supposed to. You're not supposed to. What if I you're just got a brilliant to. mind? See, that's what your that's misunderstanding what, is doctrine. Your doctrine well, is wrong. That's what Paul was trying to correct. All these so-called prophets were getting up jabbering in tongues and causing confusion. And he said, look, I talk in tongues more than y'all, but you need to do it decently in order. You don't need to do that. When you receive the baptism, you speak in tongues, that's it. You're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then, then there are different reasons that you... You pray in tongues after that. You pray in tongues because that way you can pray what the Holy Spirit wants you to pray. Whereas in your in your thinking, you may pray different ways. 
and there's some people that have a gift, a prophet, prophetic gift, where they can pray in tongues and interpret. There are others that pray in tongues and can't. I, I don't, you know, I prophesied, but I never need to pray in tongues and interpret. That's not the gift that I have. But baptized in the Holy Spirit, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm sure you have too. And I think I'm if, operating uh, in some doubt and unbelief there. There's there's some blockage there. I don't know what it is. In the name Maybe. of Jesus, I ask you to blow that blockage out. Boom, just blow it out of him because uh, that's what the devil is using to hold back things. He's using that to hold back, hold back the coin, hold back to this, hold back to that. He's been bumping his head up against the wall. He's received it. But once he realizes that he's received it, then 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 he then it'll come. I mean it'll like the power will be let go, which is the is the power to witness. You've got you've got gifts. I mean there's no question about it. You've got these other things, but because you receive things at a young age doesn't mean they're not real. Yeah, how long have you been speaking in tongues? When did this happen? I could make up that. I thought I was making up the language back in like um, fifth grade, probably nineteen eighty one. Make it up. Probably since about nineteen eighty one. I don't know anybody who made it up. In fact, it, yeah, uh, right. you. When I heard you speaking in tongues, it's that's a pretty mature tongue because yes. people sound like a village idiot. You know, oh. we, we laugh. But, but could it just be? God could it just uses be? that to separate the pride. Listen, I have, I've, I've got no issue saying that I have pride that needs to be dealt with. God told me to be, be on the lookout for that. And I renounce pride. No, you're yeah. not. That's not in your problem. That's what most, I'm trying to show you what most people have because they just sound like an idiot when they're, like I did. I mean, I my tongues was like a goofball, but it didn't matter. I mean, in, in, and in time, uh, different things happen. I remember one time I was just confused about different things and, you know, didn't know what to do. And I just walked in this church. looked like it might have been Catholic. could have been any church in Birmingham, Alabama. went down the altar and I was praying. There's a woman there uh, and she she turned to me and said, that's the most beautiful Spanish I ever heard. I almost said, lady, you're nuts, you know, but because I knew what, what had happened, you know. I didn't know I was speaking in Spanish. I I was just, you know, but but my prayer language is uh, is not as good as yours. I don't think, to be honest about it. Listen, yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, that's true. You know, that's true. <laughs> Y'all got the card ahead of the horse. More than I would expected. Most people just listen. I've heard you know. I'm I st- I'm still not convinced. I I'm wondering okay. if I'm like a sponge. I've been around the mm-hmm. church so long, and I've heard heard tongues. I believe in tongues. Uh, there's no more powerful tongue I heard than my grandmother. She would speak in tongues, and then she would get an interpretation, and the Lord would speak. And yeah, I, that's different. That's different. That's not prayer that's language. Not that is different at all. That's just that's just a, a gift of speaking tongues and interpreting. That's a whole different thing. Well, that's a different. That's one of the nine gifts. This is the one. It's one time only. <coughs> Baptism, Holy Spirit, speaking tongues. God, that's it. Then you. Practice speaking in tongues, that's a whole different thing. Praying in tongues, this tongues, that tongues, whatever. Well, let me you ask you this. Then. What, uh, can you ask the Lord for a confirmation? That it is yeah, in well, tongues? Yeah, sure. You need, to, you need to just go ahead and speak, it, speak in tongues as much as sure. you can. If you Jesus, talk to me, 
I would hit you over the head with a basketball, baseball ball. <laughs> well, remember, remember what what Paul said. And you need to speak in tongues more. I need to speak in tongues more. Mike needs to speak in tongues more. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than ye all. You're confusing him now because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a one-time speaking tongue. You got it. I don't care if it's gibberish or whatever. And then later on, you pray in tongues. You can prophesy maybe and this, that. I, I, for one, have never prayed in tongues and prophesied. That's not something God's given me. But what what it does do, it edifies you, it builds you up, it, it, it empowers right. you for witness and stuff like that. So by just praying tongues, but don't don't mistake praying tongues from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You Two know, different things. There's some there's some uh Hinduese and all these other kind of things that pray in tongues that but it's a you know, it's it's not of the Lord. You see the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which apparently you've had, just from what I hear. Well, then uh, it's a different deal. But you're mixing it with the nine gifts of the Spirit, I think, trying to. Yes. What your own experiences in the church, where if you read the Bible, you know, in each cases, uh, each one of the cases, the uh, Holy Spirit came down, they, they began to speak in tongues. That was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Anything thereafter. You could be baptized in the Spirit and never speak in tongues again if you chose to. You know, my grandmother a, was uh, was in Haiti one time back in the uh, 70s on a trip with my grandfather down there to check on some churches they were supporting. And uh, they were preaching one night, and she got up and preached a little bit. And the Holy Spirit hit her, and she began to speak in Creole. And the message mm-hmm. was for a lady out there in the audience, French Creole. They speak down there, the Haitians. And the lady came up and said, Sister Wimmer, I didn't know you spoke my language. She said, what do you mean, honey? She said, you were speaking in Creole. <laughs> well, her grandmother didn't know mm-hmm. what she was saying, but uh, the lady did. So, yeah, definitely, I've, I've heard of that, too. You know, uh, people speaking in, you know, tongues of angels and tongues of men. Listen, I believe uh, in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'll be the first one to tell you. I prayed and said, Lord, give me them all. I need more power for mm-hmm. service. Well, now, wait a minute. You're mixing them up again. You're getting confused again. Now, let me well, just say you have... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, in your right hand, you're holding them all. In the left hand, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, one time speaking in tongues, that's it. You got it. Well, okay, now let me tell you some homework for you. Yes. You, you need because in you if you need to read chapter First Corinthians chapter fourteen, I know you've read it a let gazillion my, times, uh, but with paper. this in mind, hold on, you I'm need to read down. that this in mind, and it'll clear it up. Give me, I got my pen ready. Give it to me. The whole chapter, uh, you'd be amazed at how much the chapter First Corinthians chapter fourteen says about this subject that we're on. Okay. It, it it explains the difference, but the problem is when you're a little when you, you we interpret things by by our 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 frame of reference. Your frame of reference is 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 skewed, and the and so now when you read chapter fourteen with this in mind that the gift you thought you should have is different from your speaking in tongues. They're two different things. And when you read chapter fourteen with that in mind, it's gonna it's gonna mean something completely different. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the gift. The others are the gifts. There's a difference in the gift and the gifts. What an excellent uh, study for you all to do on the next program. Um, well, no problem, buddy. You, you'll be you, we. This is one that we can have some 
good. We can we can have some uh, fun with, and it'd be good fun. What well, begs the yeah, question? Yeah, because you go ahead. Go these ahead. nine gifts. Uh, well, this it, you know this is such an important subject because you'd be amazed at how many people have the same exact misunderstanding that you've had. Well, in terms of the nine gifts, and of course, doesn't the Bible say, uh, "Ask, uh, you know, uh, excuse me, um, ask the Lord, and He shall He won't give you, you know, a uh, fish. I mean, He'll give you a fish, yep. not a serpent. You ask for bread, He won't give right. you a rock. You know, earnestly right. covet the best gifts. So we're to seek it, these, and want That's the right. Lord to lay them on us, and He gives them several as He will. But uh, is it? To be expected that we would have at least one of the nine gifts, if not more? Well, now let's separate again the gifts. Let's let's do away with the nine gifts right now, or or there could be twenty nine or five hundred sixty nine. And do away with, and then let's just talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He says if you do these things, you will receive the gift of the Spirit, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Spirit. The gift. No, later on, you may stand up and and you may speak in tongues, and somebody may interpret, or you may speak in tongues and you interpret. That's a whole different thing. That's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's that's one of the gifts. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a one time, one time thing, and, and you have that. Now, if you pray. You'll be just praying in tongues. You'll build, edify yourself up. God will give you these other gifts, which you already got them, because I know. Uh, I, if somebody told me you weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit, I, I'd have told them to take a flying leap and kiss amen, my Amen, amen, uh, and amen. <laughs> because, but I can see where somebody, especially that came along like you did, grew up in the church and everything else, could have a confusion and all that, sure, because in two sides of the family and different things, and you know that Pentecostals they all kind of different things they begin to believe after a while, and 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 then half of them you know weren't doing what the Lord said, and the other half were all. I've got friends that've been Pentecostal churches that I remember a good friend of mine down in uh, South Alabama. He grew up in a Pentecostal church, and his dad was a pastor. His dad told him one day, he said, half these people are going to go to hell. He said, my friend was just astounded, you know, but he knew him. He knew the way they live. But we can we can do a really good teaching on this, and we can split it up into two sections. One, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then way down here, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Sister Gail, you got your work. You and Brother Mike cut out for you. That'll be a great series. Okay, that'll be great. <laughs> I used to do this, and she did too, but it's been so long because we let a lot of people in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and I'm talking to a girl in New York all the time, and she just can't get it because she thinks that, that's me doing it. I said, "Well, yeah, that's what you yes, have to do right. it. You open your mouth and speak. Yes, you just start. I, I mean, I think the example I gave of priming a car to get it going is is pretty accurate. You know? Yeah. But Wait, let me just say one thing. You know, I want to I want to say one thing here real quick before we go. Uh, you have a beautiful tongue. Let's hear it again. You need to sp- just speak it right on out because we need to hear it. Yeah, speaking in tongues. Yes, I don't know what is. I said. Yeah, but you move yeah me, that's, that definitely is. You move me a little bit from doubt to belief. 
So you got me moving Good. on the dial. But you know, I tried that now, for like ten God minutes wants one time. To hear it too. He loves to hear it because it's praising him. He wants you to pray in tongues. But listen, I tried it for like ten minutes one time. I just said I'm just going to do it. See if something happens. And I just got tired. My tongue got heavy. I was uh, let me ask you this. Well, here's it, a, here's what Derek Press will say. What did you expect to happen? Yeah. <laughs> he said that's the biggest confusion among Pentecostals. All oh, they believe this and they believe that and all these different things about what will happen. Nothing. It's like anything else you receive from the Lord. You just receive it. It's like me trying to speak Spanish. It's it's laborious. It's tiring to speak Spanish. Well, you you well, need to just pray a lot because that's uh, it 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 comes better. I just when I speak well, in tongues, I, I would just, if I were you, I would pray and start expecting some yeah. good stuff to happen and watch it happen because well, it will. I don't then. know about that. Nothing happens when I speak in tongues except that I know that I'm praising the God and you're I'm having asking, fellowship you're with not the Lord. Asking the Lord though for it. I'm telling you. I'm telling another. Yes, well, you pray tongues to edify yourself, build yourself up. But I mean, yeah, that's what, what I mean. Do is uh, this is supernatural. I'm talking supernatural. I don't just do it to do it because that's not. I don't see that. That's what people are doing in the Corinthian church trying to impress each other. By no, yabbering. not out, not out loud to other people. You do it to the Lord when you're alone. You speak in tongues and praise the Lord. Yeah, that's good. I want to tell you about a strange experience that helped me in closing. The past couple days, I've been seeing 666. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I saw it. Um, you know how you log into some websites and you have to use your uh, two, two-factor two authentication and gives you a random code? It said 666. Oh, my. I saw it online in a bank statement. I was going down I've the road the other day, too. and I got behind a car that said, 666, uh, said UFO 666. You know, I have seen a lot of that. Like, you know, it was just on stupid stuff, you know. And I'm thinking, do the people know what they're doing, or is this just, you know, just uh, <laughs> what? You know, no. but I've, seen, I've seen a little of that, you know, in strange situations. I haven't been doing good the past couple of days. To be honest with you, I kept seeing that, and uh, I uh, haven't left the island in four years because of the COVID lockdown. It finally opened up last year, but I still haven't been out of here. Haven't been back to America in eight years. Mm. I've been working wow. to get my mom over here to see her grandbaby. She hasn't seen any of the kids. I haven't seen mom in ten years since wow. I left. The only person that's come over here is my brother. So the other day, the other day, is it? Go ahead. I said, you know what? I got to get some stuff done back in America. My driver's license expired. I got to open up a. Another bank account. I got to pick up some mail. I need to shut down a storage. I got a bunch of crap to do that just piled up on me. And that, and so I said, I'm, I'm going to try to make a run. I found a cheap ticket. I said, I'm going to fly back to America, to Georgia, get these things done. And uh, I said, Lord, is this your will? Because everywhere you look on the news, they're talking about, you know, could we have a civil war breakout? The eclipse is coming. You know, invasion at the southern border. I'm thinking, of all the times to make a trip, what if, what the heck, if I went over there and got stuck? So I said, Lord, I need a word. Now, I picked up my King James Bible, and God has spoken to me before, and he's actually confirmed it. 
But I wasn't so happy with what I saw. Open it up, and it fell open to Second Kings nineteen seven. And I read it, and it said, "Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor, and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land." And that freaked me out. I said, "Dear mm-hmm. God, are you speaking to me through your word? Have you put in me this desire to come back, and I'm going to be killed?" Can, can I help you with that? Yes, sir. Lord knows you're more mature than that, and I do too. So that's what you know, little baby Christians do. What you need to do is pray in, in the Spirit and ask Him to give you peace and give you direction. I promise it will. You will. You will. It will clear all that stuff up. All that stuff wouldn't make matter a bit. Of not a bit. The Lord can uh, protect you in anything in any way. And all you got to do is start praying in the Spirit and go ahead and pray. Pray like normal and then pray in the Spirit. And when you get peace about it, just do it. Buddy, you know, you, it's, this is going to open everything up for you. I know it is. I can tell already. I think we did one program oh, since he died. Step. But, you know, Prophet Scott Lathrop died. And I said, uh, yeah. he's been a good friend of ours for 10 years, soul bait. I said, it's like the prophet Samuel has died. Oh, I said, oh, wow. he's gone. I said, Lord, I don't have anybody to go and inquire to of you anymore. And uh, it's just been kind of dark. And uh, hmm. then I was reminded of the word. Uh, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but those who will put their faith and trust in God, God shall deliver. You know, the fearful, the cowardly will not inherit the kingdom of God. I said, God, this is this is odd. Now, God has spoken to me literally that way before. But I said, I may have acted presumptuously. I said, Lord, if I was wrong doing what I just did, although I'm going to you for looking for an answer, a confirmation, am I making the right move here? Forgive me, though, if I was out of line. And I said, you know, God may not have just chosen to spoke to me that way. It could have just been a fluke that I turned over that page. But I said, nonetheless, I don't want to be fearful. And to make a uh, make a jump out of my comfort zone first time in eight years to make a run back, uh, and I'm thinking, what if I got caught over there? My family's left back here, and I said, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. This is where nothing can happen to you that's not in the Lord's will. I'm telling you, this is where you you, the rubber meets the road. My grandfather said, we walk by faith and not by sight, and what that what the Word of God says. Commit your ways but to the Lord. He you, shall direct your path. You pray and you pray in tongues. Assurance, like faith, is assurance in things hoped for yet not seen. Now, this was what I'm talking about in the spirit. If you start praying in tongues and you pray regularly and you get that assurance, all this will clear up. Your mind will clear up. You'll be happier than a pig in mud, and you'll go. And I oh, mention tongues. this because in closing, it ties back into what you were talking about at the beginning. You know, the fear of the Lord. Um, compromise and I had to check myself I said God I repent of any sins that I've committed known or unknown anything that I haven't dealt with uh, I don't I don't want to miss the Lord I don't want to lose my soul I said Lord show me anything that I need to uh, get right with you that's not been dealt with and so uh, that's a that that's where I went after this I mean it was uh, it was really upsetting I began to say, dear God, I may be missing God here, but at the same time, I know i got to get back and do some things. So I think it was really uh, stretched me a little bit that I can't go by how I feel. Well, I'm going to go by what the Word of God says. 
I'm going to put my faith and trust in him. You know, if we right. need to repent, we repent. If we need to forgive, we need to forgive. Make it right. But um, it's going to require faith uh, in these days one, one of the things you're up against is you've, had, you've been hit, and we have too, with a lot of negative, negative stuff for years. But don't let that affect your decision. Pray and pray in the Spirit, and yeah. you get peace about it, you do it. Don't just open the Bible and put your finger down. God, that makes God mad. He expects us to be mature Christians, which is, you know, it's hard sometimes. But, to you know, if we were just been born again two weeks ago, boom, put your finger down. You, boy, you'd be surprised how many times that's exactly right. But we're mature. See, you're going to get right because you're going to pray in tongues until you get peace about this thing, and then you're just come over here and, and it'll be the Lord will just open doors and do whatever you need done. Everything will go fine, and you won't worry about anything because there's nothing to worry about. You know, I think the spirit of fear has been fighting me and so many, especially in these last sure. days who are involved in the Watchman community. And I've said before, you know, I've struggled with this thing before, and I had to literally turn these things off because it was impacting me. You know, there are certain programs that just focus on the New World Order, what they're doing at COP28. None of that I deny is going on. I see the invasion going on. I know we got chaos. If ever there was a time for another false flag, it would probably be this year before the election try to stop Trump. I mean, many people can see this stuff. But in spite of all that, we still got to be willing to push through all that or we're of no use to the Lord. We're going to be sitting on the sidelines out of the uh, the battle and we've just got to commit our ways to the Lord I have to remind myself, the fearful will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's top on the list. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, when they had a great persecution, that sent people out all over the world. That caused Philip went down and evangelized Samaria, healed the sick. Stephen, you know, got killed. People were scared, and they went all over, you know. And In other words, no matter what's happening, the devil can do nothing to you that the Lord does not allow. Nothing. I believe that. Oh, and I, I need, if, if I can hold you for five more minutes, i got to run this by you. Uh, I've got a video right. for you all to watch. Gail, Mike, okay. I want you all to check out this video I'll send you. It's from uh, Janie Duvall, and she's interviewing a guy named Mark Biltz. And he wrote a book on the uh, the blood moons, but he's got a new book out. And it it mentions an attack coming on America between 2024 and 26, but that's really not the, the point I want to make. He's in there in this uh, teaser on YouTube, YouTube saying, uh, God does sing according to his appointed times and schedules. And he's talking about the Shemitah cycle. I'm not up to speed on the Shemitah, but in what I gleaned from listening to his presentation there, as he said, the window that the Lord Jesus would return and the tribulation, uh, or excuse me, for the tribulation to occur, excuse me, he puts that out at least at 2030. He said he's gonna, the tribulation is going to start along accordance with the Shemitah cycle. Now, I'm not asking anybody to just take my word on it, but listen to the whole 45-minute interview. He made a compelling case that uh, while we've all been thinking, many of us in this community over here, that you know tribulation could be breaking out at any time, all hell could be breaking loose, the next window for that to actually 
initiate is at least seven years off. Now, I contemplated that for a minute. I said, what if this guy is correct that we got at least another six or seven years before all hell breaks loose? And then we got the, you know, three and a half years or seven years, whatever you want to count that. I thought, we may have more time than we think. And I know so many people who are thinking it's about over. We're in the fourth <laughs> inning right now. And, you know, what if we got more time or if even the potential is it's longer than we thought before the Lord comes back and people have shot themselves on the leg knee-jerking thinking, well, it's too late for me to get involved or, you know, the New World Order is going to take us out with this COP28 and all this this year and next year. So why even get started? What if this is going to drag out longer than we think and we're wasting time sitting here on our buttocks when we need to activate, not fear Klaus Schwab and the New World Order. I remember at the funeral of my grandmother back in 2011, I was with my grandfather and my great-uncle Johnny, both of them in the ministry since the 50s. Uncle Johnny said to my granddad, he said, you know, Sylvan, this thing may just drag out longer than we thought. And he said, I think it's going to drag out excruciatingly slow. That was 2011. Yeah. I got to say, a friend of mine didn't talk about the Smita for 15 years. He's a good guy, but he stays stuck in the mud because he's always in these, listening to these prophets and all, and all kind of crazy crap. And he's a great guy. But, but you, the only thing you got to listen to is what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do. Ain't got anything to do with all these other people. It's interesting, good knowledge. I personally don't think the Lord's come back for, for quite a long time because there's still a lot to be done. Now, what I do think is the decline of America is going to be quicker than I thought. Yes. I like that. But I'm talking about as far as Christ coming back because there's a lot of things. And I'm not the only person that believes this. I think there's a, a guy named Paulson who's a pretty good theologian. I mean, really good, I think. He thinks it's a long time. And, you know, there are others. But, but I particularly do because I feel like God will let us know, you know, some stuff. And, but anyway, really the way around that is none of it matters as long as you're doing what the Holy Spirit says to do because that's that's the whole deal is obedience. I'm convinced of that. Now, you're doing the right thing by kind of figuring if the Lord wants you to go or not, but you're looking at worldly circumstances, and that's not good. You need to pray, read the Bible. You may need to do some fasting, but you definitely need to pray in tongues. And when in your spirit... You feel peaceful, push the button and go because you you your ministry is about to take off if you do this thing. You got to bust loose. I appreciate that. All, I all this negative stuff, and that's okay because and they they're well meaning, and I could give you even more negative stuff. But I'm going to talk to you when I talk to you on the phone about some positive stuff too because okay. I'm ready to roll again, and I'm I'll be 79. People ask, why don't you retire? Retire and do what? I'm ready to roll. And I, I wanted to talk to you about some stuff. Okay. And I think you are, too. I think you've been doing this and doing a great job. But now I know what's been holding you back. We're ready. We're ready to help you not, not do it, but help you cut the cord so you don't have to be restrained by uh, whether it's true or not true. You know, they told Paul, said, Paul, if you go to Jerusalem, you got trouble, buddy. He said, yep. Yeah, okay, okay. And they well, they meant well. There's a prophet that told him that, but he went 
he he obeyed God. Other people have told me if he didn't, hadn't done that, he wouldn't have had all that trouble. Wow. I said, no, you don't get it. He did it because he was going to follow the Lord no matter if it led to good or bad. You and know, that's other, very true. You know, we're talking about the prophet told him, don't go, don't go. Other people, don't go, don't go. You know, so. No, well, the prophet did not tell him not to go. He told him what was going to happen. Well, what I yeah. He was basically, yeah, they were telling him sort of not to go, too. They were all telling him not to go, and he told them that he was just, he was going to go. He was going to follow the Lord. He knew it was his destiny. Uh, he had to obey the Lord. And he I, just I think, had to obey the Lord. See, all kind of people can tell you stuff, and they're well-meaning. I might tell you a bunch of stuff. Oh, don't go there because they're, they're about to have a war. I got inside information. That wouldn't matter two minutes. By me keeping you from going, you could miss the best God had for you. Did that make any sense? That makes 100% sense. And, of course, we need to occupy till Jesus comes. There's a lot of things right. that need to be done. Sister Gill, what's your take? No, oh, I think that's right. We need to occupy till he comes. And we know that we don't know when he comes. Jesus said nobody knows. And so I'm going to have to agree with Jesus, and we're going to occupy till he comes. Whenever he comes is great. Praise the Lord. I, I remember when this U2 or whatever they called it, what, what's that thing? All my friends were telling me about this, that, and other. I said, well, uh, so I moved to Utah here, there, and I said, why don't y'all just give me your property? I'll take care of it because I'm going to come down and stay here and fight for you. I K or something. Same thing I'll say. People, you, you go ahead. And lead. Some of us got to stay here and fight the battle. Oh, we're going to be just snatched up out of here. I don't know. I, I don't see that. I, if it is good, I, I don't want to be down here leading people to Christ. Y'all go and have a good party or something. You know, so all I'm really saying to you is, you're going to be disappointed if you look to situations, circumstances, the news, prophets, anything. You you need to know in your heart that the Lord is telling you to go. And, and when I say your heart, I mean your spirit. Knowing your spirit, feel good about it. See, all these other things are in your mind. Yes, sir. It's like praying in tongues. If you if you will pray out of your spirit in tongues, you will get a whole new deal. The you won't be trying to mind. figure it out with your head because your head's got no part of that. That's where the battle is. Your head will tell you you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're not baptized in the spirit. People, you know, they may tell you you're baptized, but you're not. You're just the same old, you know, nothing's happening. No. You're listening to your head. Listen to your... <laughs> Y'all had me write about the heart, but the Bible does refer to the spirit as the heart sometimes. It just refers to other things, the way these things are written sometimes. I don't care if King James or any of them. They're all wrong in senses. So we have to we have to go by what it says, but also what, what this, the spirit because so, so, it's, it's the spirit and the word as you're reading the word and you're listening to the spirit and you're praying in tongues and you do a little fasting you'll know where to go and if somebody tells you you'll die if you go you'll say huh, if I die I die I'm going God wants me to go boy you're not going to die boy. that's where we got to be Michael I, I'm, I, sh- I should shut up See, I want to thank you for coming on tonight uh, before we close I want you to close in prayer I'm going to call you tomorrow, Brother Mike. Now, what time zone are you on? Y'all in Alabama? You're on Central Time Zone? Yes. Okay. I'll give you a call. In the name of Jesus, through the power of the blood and authority in Jesus. Get this guy fired up. Crank that engine, Lord, and fire it up. 
don't have him look at circumstances, situation, people and dying and this and that. He's got a life that he's going to get. He's going to go big. Go, 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 go big. Go hard. Go fast. In Jesus' name. All those gifts you were given and sales and all these different things to pass, you can make it big. You just got to go big. You got to get break off the small thinking and the little people telling you this, that, and other. Even me, if I were to restrain you in any way, I'd be embarrassed later on when you showed what a calling you had from God. So in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you to cut those ties. Cut those ties and look. I, I picture a Hindenburg wanting to get off the ground and a whole bunch of steel uh, what wires holding them back. In the name of Jesus, be sliced in Jesus' name. I received that. It just looked like the Hindenburg. A big old, big old blimp wanting to get off the ground. These these uh, steel wires holding them down, holding it down. You know, it's but. Then all of a sudden, God showed me sliced every one of them at one time. Thank you. That's good, Shannon. Mike's gift, he's got a great gift that God uses. It's the word of knowledge, and he just used it just now. I received that. Praise the Lord. Um, this is a good time to be alive. Granddad used to tell me, he said, son, be ready to meet Jesus if you die tonight, but work is always not coming back for 100 years. Stay in the battle. Um Give out your contact information, Sister Gail. How can people be part of the ministry, and how can they support your work? Well, they can um, uh, contact us by through the through the uh, the um, the email I just gave. We we have a Zelle account with um, give out Wells the, Fargo. Uh, give out the Zelle phone number, or do they use an email? What do they oh, use gosh. for that? Um. Gosh, that I'm not sure. I just go to the the um, Wells Fargo. Um, so they'll I don't, need, you don't have to have Wells Fargo. You know how Zelle works yeah. probably better than I do. You know they need a Zelle but, so, phone number. Are, do you have a phone number you want to give out? Well, no. The, the what I use is my name. Gail, the phone number won't do them any good. My name Gail Patton. No, I, that? I'm I'm telling you, they're they're going to need that to. Um, to register you on Zelle, they'll either you either need a phone number or an email. Which one uh, well, would they use? Um, I'm already I'm already on Zelle. I use Zelle when we're um, no. I mean to, to say to you, if someone wants to give to you, uh, they're going to have to know your Zelle account to give to. So, I mean, there could be ten other oh, okay. Gil patents. So they need either a unique email or your phone number that you oh, use to set up your Oh, Zelle. it's 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 under my email. That's I think it's need. under my email. What is your email? So I do, Gail underscore Patton. Sorry, I'm so That's ignorant it. on this. G-A-Y-L-E underscore Patton at yahoo.com. That's what we need. Okay. I had, a, I had another thing in the spirit. Lord was showing me that, uh, gosh, our genius over here, uh, he's as ignorant about that baptism of the spirit as we are about these communication things, so we're even. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm just having, I'm having fun at your your expense. So little people oh. out there know I'm just picking on. That's what I do. That's my nature. I'm bad to the core, but b- b- bad to the core. <laughs> no, b- b- bad to the bone. Okay, we got your email. And what? Um, when do you do your Zoom meetings? And how can people be part of that? Uh, it's Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday. 
Tuesday night at 6 o'clock Central, and every Tuesday night at 6 o'clock Central, and they can just email me and put Omega Man in the subject line, and I will they, I, talk to me, just say, I'm interested in the in the prayer meeting, and I'll give them the information they need. It's just a link. You just click on it at 6, at six o'clock on Tuesday night. That's all there is to it. Um, Brother Mike, I'll give you a call tomorrow, and uh, tomorrow morning sometime, or I'll catch you the next day, whatever day you got available. I want you all to look at your schedule for March. Get back with me. Let me know what you've got available. I'd love to have you on twice. Space is about two weeks apart. Give you all a little break. But uh, look at your schedule and see if you can get me some dates. I'll work around your schedule. And um, thank you so much for coming on. What would you like to title the show tonight for the archive? Just do it. No, no, no. That's not, I think you need to. You need to say. You need to say. Let's, uh, let's speak in tongues. Oh, well, no, no, that's too weird. Speaking in tongues lessons. No. What What do you like, Mike? Just do it. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes, whether it's go to Georgia or speak in tongues or whatever, sometimes we just got to do it. You like Somebody it, gave you a message over Christmas. I don't know how to write it. They said, just do it until you learn how. That's like speaking in tongues. You wobble around in the beginning, fall off, but you learn how to, how you've already, you've got a prayer language. You, see, you know, don't ever tell anybody you haven't been baptized in spirit because <laughs> you'd be lying to them, boy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, I love you've you both. You've been Christian. I really mean that. It's what an honor to have you on here. You're a great team. And, uh, <laughs> We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. God love bless you. you. Love you, too. Do it. Make your dreams come true. Just do it. Some people dream of success while you're going to wake up and work hard at it. Nothing is impossible. You should get to the point where anyone else would quit, and you're not going to stop there. No! What are you waiting for? Do it! Just do it! Yes, you can! Just do it! If you're tired of starting over, stop giving up. I had to throw that in there. She and LaBeouf. Y'all remember that one? Do it! it. (laughs) Just do it! Don't let your dreams be dreams. Shia LaBeouf is arguably among the most... Okay, folks. Hey, what a great broadcast. With uh, Mike and Gail Patton. I love them. It was awesome. We're going to have them back on very soon. Folks, I got all the shows uploaded for you through yesterday. I'm going to get these uploaded for you from today. Uh, we did seven shows yesterday, by the way. If you haven't uh, heard those, get a copy of them. We're going to be back Friday night, 7 o'clock Eastern, John Terrell, Demon Hotline with Lou Young. we got WMI, and we're going to do a two-hour broadcast with Lane Anita and Mark Shine. I hope you'll join us again. Go to my website. All the shows are there uh, that we're doing in the current season. I'm still working on putting together the vault. But I uploaded uh, four remastered programs. We call them the Reloaded Series. I hope you enjoy those. Check out the website, omegamanradio.com. God bless you.